Let's roll. This is Counter Charge, your podcast for ranks, flanks, and kings of war. Join your hosts as they delve into the world of Panathor and bring you worldwide coverage of all things kings of war. Welcome to Countercharge. I'm Ralph Enough. I'm Mark Zelensky. I'm Jeremy Duvall. I'm Alex Goose. And I'm Matt Croger. Welcome to our celebration of our 500th episode of Countercharge, which woo. I am, sh- yeah, woo, which I'm sure you will agree is a massive effort for the for a game system that's been going for such a short amount of time. If we only release one episode per week, that would be almost 10 years of content, guys, which I think is pretty epic. <laughs> As you're all mostly aware, Alex and I here are the relative newcomers, followed by Jeremy, and along with Steve, who contributed greatly during his time on the show, we are the new blood compared to the old stages. So this episode really should be thanks to them for forging the paths for Kings of War content. Uh, now, before we t- depart too much, let's stick with our tried and tested format and get on with a hobby catch-up. Rob, what have you been up to? Real quick, real quick, real quick. If we released episodes at the pace of Unplugged Radio, we would have been on the air for 41 years. I just want to throw just want to throw that in. <laughs> well, and, and, and another little juicy fact: I just looked up how many hours of content we have in the vault, and it says 555 hours. Oh, wait, wow, is that right? That can't be right. I'm assuming, yeah, five 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 twenty oh nine. That's got to be seconds, right? Yeah, so, yeah five... so, that, so that so that would average out at just over an hour an episode. Yeah, which is about what it should be, right? Right. Yeah, because we've had some short ones. It's a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's epic. So uh, we're getting to hobby <laughs> updates, right? That's, uh, I guess I guess what you need to do too. So uh, I yeah. some of may have seen uh, the Pizza Jesus Army. Uh, I won't go into all the details, but uh, my contribution was the basing. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of, a lot of fun to, to, uh, assist with that and keep it secret, keep it, you know, under wraps for so long. And then to make a grown man cry in front of 70 people was amazing. Finished up my kingdoms of men armada fleet. So that's like 19 ships, 18 ships. So I've got all that painted and I'm starting to work on the Basilean, uh, for kingdoms of, for kings of war. I've got goblins still to build. Um, and then masters gave me the bug to get back to the kingdoms of half men again. Um, I've got more pike in my feature. You know, and then uh, I actually picked up a new game, uh, Aeronautica Imperialis from GW. So I've been painting up some airplanes for that. And I'm actually getting into Team Yankee. So I'm dabbling into some, you know, non-fantasy realms. So it should be fun. But keep me busy. How about you, Mark? Oh, hey, Rob, just real quick. Who were the painters with that uh, special Pizza Jesus Army if uh, somebody hasn't seen it before? Yeah, it's mostly Billy, Billy Smith, uh, Felix Castro, uh, Dan Kamek and Chris Gibney. So basically the premise of the army was that Jesse reached out to Billy and, you know, things were getting rough and I don't know how much, I don't know that he knew how much time he had left, but he was trying, they were trying to get the army built before he passed away, but obviously that didn't happen. And so it's kind of a, an army that exists now uh, in the spirit of pizza Jesus. And in fact, actually talking about pizza Jesus, I went to the grocery store today and, uh, and the lady said, who's on your shirt? I said, well, that's my friend, Pizza Jesus. And uh, so, yeah, it's been really funny to see and fun to see all the different shirts. And if you haven't. That's, uh, that's awesome. It is awesome. They're like, they're like, who is that? I was like, well, that's, that's Pizza Jesus. So hopefully we'll make it the thing that's bigger than Kings of War. Mm, yeah. 
Very, very cool. What'd you make those bases out of, Rob? Uh, MDF. It's just MDF. Did did you paint those, or I mean, just, it was kind of cool looking? So all it was was paper, scrapbook, scrapbooking paper that was sprayed with adhesive and wrapped wrapped the bases in that. Yeah, not oh, very I, very cool. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy. It looks great though. It really gives that pizzeria kind of look to it, you know. Yeah, that's what we're. That's definitely what we were going for. Very cool. Well, for myself, I'm working on my 500-point Vaseline army. Uh, basically, why I'm doing that is, well, I feel rusty and a little out of shape, and I was started painting my halfling archers, and I didn't like the way they were coming out. So I figured I needed some practice. So I'm going to go back, and so I'm working on the 500 points of Vaseline, and we'll see what happens. I'm currently painting up a troop of cav and the mounted standard bearer. And uh, I'm dreading the infantry. So after watching what Alex went through with all his painting yellow, I'm kind of dreading uh, painting the blue uh, and the brown that I've got. But my all-mounted um, Westphalia Halfling Army is all primed and ready to go. I just need to make sure I get my confidence back up before I go ahead and take it back on again. So, But that's where I'm at. I'm hoping to spend a little more time painting online and... Um, you know, being in After Dark. So we'll see how that goes. And speaking of After Dark, Jeremy, what have you been up to lately? So definitely in that Postmasters hype, uh, uh, the Spymaster and I were talking today about how that Postmasters period is often like January. Like in January, you're like, I'm going to go to the gym, which is something I need to do as well. But you're like, I'm going to go to the gym every day. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat good. And now Postmasters is like, ah, I got to pick an army. I'm going to play this army the whole year. So when Masters comes, I'm totally practiced and ready to go. Um, so I'm definitely uh, excited. I have a couple ideas. Um Abyssal idea, maybe a Twilight Ken idea, maybe I got the Samurais, but I'm definitely ready for uh, a new army. Um, I love the Vassalans. Uh, I'm excited that last year I finished tied for fourth overall at Masters and this year sixth. So I feel like I've done as well as I can do with that that Masters or with that with the Vassalan list and just not even just results wise, just uh, as you're painting a project, right? You get better and you learn things and i'm looking at the basilians and like the early stuff i painted versus the stuff that is most recent it's cool to look at because you see the growth that you've made as a hobbyist but also there's this desire in me to want to start an army you know from scratch so i i can kind of uh, uh get that um refinement from the beginning and also this time I'm going about play testing the army a little bit more. Usually I just pick all the models I want and start painting and then sort of hatch a list together from what I have painted. Whereas this go around, I actually want to have the list sort of designed ahead of time. So I think there'll be some UB, there'll be some blank base playing as I figure out what the next project is. And then, you know, we have a clash of Kings on the horizon, right guys coming out later this year. So who knows what sort of uh, wrenches that will th throw in the, in the machinery, but I think definitely this time I want to uh, approach my next project a little bit more from deciding what I want to play first and then pick the, the models that I love for that thing too. So still it would be model focused, but also have a little bit more cohesion as far as the list design and not always be in this position of, well, what do I have painted or, or in the case of masters, what can I rip off other bases to put on the empty space in the bases of what I need to do. I didn't quite finish the spearmen, so I had to take the um, 
Alohi off my Alohi record, and then I just put them on the base like they were inspiring the spears to fight, um, which worked, I guess. But so a lot of cool ideas. I've been looking at the models. I love the um, for abyssals. There, uh, I've always wanted to use the uh, from Age of Sigmar, the Daughters of Cain. They have uh, these like snake warriors. They're like half snake bottom, but then a dark elf top with like these really cool halberds. Um, I've always loved that model. And there's a, a new line, which is sort of the revamp of Slanesh, which has a bunch of cool stuff in it too, if I go Abyssals. And then for my Twilight Kin, I've talked in the past about trying to incorporate some elements from um, the Dark Eldar 40k range, which I really love. Our Creature Caster has a lot of great models for the demons, but... Anyway, so a lot on the the agenda. Pretty pretty Kings of War fever is high in the Duval household. So, uh, what about you, Alex? What have you been up to? I've just been painting more uh, yellow Foot Knight infantry. I'm about halfway through my uh, Dogs of War horde, so that'll be my three hordes of infantry done for this army, and then hopefully not much more going forward for a little while. Uh, I have to work on my conversions for my honor guard next which i've been kind of putting off which is why i started the dogs of war as a just another horde of infantry to paint to put off you know doing some harder a little more advanced well advanced for me conversions with my honor guard so i'm pretty excited for that um i just picked up my cannons for the army for my uh my faithful resin dealer amen so uh, today, so I have my three cannons ready to go. So I might paint those guys up. They seem, seem like they'll paint pretty quickly. They're pretty nice uh, STLs that I found for kind of like a classic um, medieval cannon. And then uh, I am tentatively planning an October event up here in uh, Canada for our local guys, or hopefully for the northeast, the whole northeast if the border opens up. Um, so hopefully have an event going uh, the third weekend or October 24th here. Same same venue as I used last time for King Beyond the Wall. Because I think our community up here has been very strong and like tight through this whole pandemic. And I really want to organize something for us since we haven't really been able to get out and do anything. And lockdowns are finally starting to lift next week for uh, indoor gaming. So I really want to get give everyone something to look forward to and something we can celebrate together, like celebrate the hobby together in a great venue in a way that, you know, we haven't been able to for like a year and a half. So mainly just trying to get my army done for that. And, uh, you know, we have a, a bit of terrain to build for that, but we have a pretty good storehouse now after the last tournament. So a little bit of terrain finishing up all the monsters for the cult of the raven and then keith's triumph with uh, the herd has got me thinking about finally finishing the basing on my herd army that's just been languishing on the shelf for all of third edition so maybe I'll, maybe i'll take a break every once in a while to paint up some more uh beastmen and lichens in keith's honor how about you, you matt what do you what have you been working on? Um, well, first, Alex, I would have thought that just seeing you would be enough of a treat for the tournament, 
right? I'd travel for that. Well, your your invitation is open. Invitation's open, Matt. Yeah, I okay, a, thank I, you. I got a yeah. nice bed in the guest room for you. Although you haven't um you haven't done body rub rubs to a camera like Jeremy has for me. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I hope I oh. hope that was everything you wished it would be and more. I, I enjoyed that so much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so did the world. <laughs> well, I'm glad it could be my love could be because you all know I'm all about love. It could be broadcast to the world. <laughs> so I've been working on my Basalian fleet for Armada. I have now finished I've now finished painting up the stuff that comes in the box set. And so I've just got to do the basing. So I haven't posted it yet because I haven't done the basing. So I've painted that up in the same scheme that I'm painting up my Dragon Empire. So I'll probably do it, uh, run the Dragon Empire at first as Basalia. Uh, and I, for them, I am currently working on some of the Dragon Rider models from Titan Forge in that range. I don't know if you guys have seen them before, but I'm I'm working on a unit of those. I'm painting up four of them that I'll probably because I'll probably use them as a low he. I'll probably put them into two regiments to start with because uh, regiments seem to be the way I think for me instead of the hordes when it comes to a low he. Um, and I've just received a massive base delivery, so I've got bases for days. So I'll be doing up the bases for those and as well and uh, trying to get some stuff actually stuck to bases so it looks like my army is coming together to, to motivate me a little bit more. Uh, so that's what I've been up to. Now, given that this is our 500th episode, it's probably a little bit of an opportunity to reminisce and, and more so for those three hosts that have been on the show the longest. Uh, so I thought we'd get Rob, Jeremy and Mark to have a have a little bit of a look back at Countercharge and some of their favourite memories or um, just things that they remember from our time on the show so far. Do you want to do you want to kick it off, Rob? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, knowing we were going to do this, I I had been thinking about it, and you know, you know, traditionally I'm not like a person that that really lives in the past. I don't really continually look at what's behind me. I'm always looking, you know, what what can evolve, what can continually improve, how can we get you know better. Um, and, and it's, and it's also maybe like a selfish thing that I just, I, I get bored with the status quo, you know, it's like, okay, let's build our studio again. You know, you know, I like to, I like new stuff, I like change. Um, but you know, if you had to nail me down and say, you know, what is the single memory, uh, that I'm, that, that sticks in, that sticks in my mind the most, it's, you know, I, we, we've evolved the show quite a bit. It's changed a lot over the years. I mean, some, some people might remember back when we had, I think they were called countercharge extras, which the intent was, hey, we're going to have like these 15-minute episodes and we really want to call them a real episode because they were short. Um, but then they jumped the shark a little bit and then they became like an hour and a half. And so then there was confusion. Well, what's the difference? And there really wasn't a difference. So then we ended up maybe in, I don't remember what year, but at some point we just scrapped it and we just went to one one type of show. Um, but, you know, the one the one memory that I do remember is I had run NashCon uh, in, two, in 2016, um, and then basically there was a falling out with some of the leadership. They wouldn't give us more space, and so God bless Todd Perkins. He's like, you know, screw you guys. I'm going home. Um, but no, he 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 pulled he pulled Kings of War out of NashCon and created what's now known as Todd's National Tournament, and that was in 2017. And it was at that tournament that was the first time I brought the mixer out 
um, and all the mics and, and actually set up in a separate room. And before that, you know, we had like a little digital thing and we would pass it around or we'd have like a mic, we would stick it in people's face. But, um, this was the first time that we consciously tried to record live from an event and a lot of unscripted stuff. And the one thing that, that I remember distinctly is, um, we didn't really have a plan, but that was the very first time we recorded a list builder studio. And I think we even called it list builder studio. Does anybody remember who, who the, who the guests were? No, I don't remember, but I think you're out of interest. I think your Nashcon recordings from the year before were the first time I listened to Countercharge, <laughs> but but I don't um yeah I don't I don't I don't remember uh, who you had as the guest the next year. So we actually had two. It was Andrew Summers and Malone. Yeah, Anyways, right. Yeah. Yep. But uh, did you did you did you check it? Because I'm I'm old, man. I'm you know I'm forty plus years old. My memory's not that great. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the Nashcon, uh, the, the previous year when we ran Nashcon, uh, our Kings of War as part of Nashcon, we did have a digital recorder. And I know I spent some time, I think we did some stuff with like Dicey Ventures, which was, which was a good friend of ours at the time, um, who was making like 3D printed terrain. And uh, yeah. So that, I think that's the one thing I, 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 it floods my memory ranks, right? Like that growth from the very first point where we went to like a holiday brawl in like, let's say 2017 and Robbie Laney came up to me and said, Rob, you, you do a podcast? Yes. Here. And he gave me a mixer and like two mics. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I guess I got to learn how to use this. And then, you know, and look, look at where we came now. Like just this past month, this past masters, we've got this new podcast gear, six mics and, you know, every every event it like gets crazier and crazier and crazier, and so, yeah, it's. I guess that's that's uh that's my memory, Mark. I'm sure you got some. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, uh, first one starting the podcast. You know, I remember sitting out at the barn, um, talking to. I called up Andy Sherman and you know said, "Hey, have you ever heard of this Kings of War game?" And he's like, "Yeah," because he was doing Ohio Hammer at the time. I was on the Dice Tower. And uh, it's like, hey, let's do a Kings of War podcast. So uh, I, I still remember that to this day, you know, just sitting on that uh, um, picnic table waiting for um, my daughter to get done riding. And uh, so that was exciting. And then my first interview with Ronnie at Adepticon was great. Um, that was really the first one that we had on the show. And I can't remember if he did them on other podcasts or not, but uh, that was a big thing. It was a long time ago, but um, it was interesting because Ronnie kept banging his hand on the yeah. table. So it was, Mark, a, do you, it was an interesting edit. Mark, do you remember back in the day, though, when Ronnie, I don't know if he paid him or not, but they actually had the Bad Dice podcast, was, were going to Mantic and like making like a Mantic podcast. This This had to be like... I don't know, a long time ago. And, you know, it was, uh, what's the gentleman's name in the UK? Ben. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. Remember, Bad Dice. Bad Dice. Yeah, but it was Ben Johnson who now works for GW and Ben, the other name, forget, you know. Oh, oh I can't. killing me. He, he's, yeah. Anyways, it's funny how, Absolutely. it's funny how Mantic has come a long way in terms of podcasting. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't remember that. And that is killing me, Rob. So, I mean, uh, unbelievable. Well, and we're with a couple of young, we got these three young guys. They don't know. They, hell, they, I don't even think they played Warhammer. So, you know, speaking of Warhammer, did you see Jervis Johnson is retiring? It's like, I don't know if these guys hey. know who Jervis Johnson is. <laughs> hey now, I played fourth edition. Warhammer. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I know who Jervis Johnson is. You know. There you go. Yeah, I think I know so. how old I actually am, so yeah, I'm going to say yes, I'm too young to have ever yeah. played those Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Granddaddy <laughs> Mark. Uh, you're very, very welcome. You're very welcome. So. Oh, but uh, – yeah, boy, I'm gonna have to look that up after the show, Rob. I, that's that's eating away. I might figure it out before the end of the show. We'll find out. So, but uh, my other good memory was Ben Curry, the counter charge board. What's ben, that? Ben Curry, that's his name, right? Ben Curry. Yeah. How do we? That's I don't. Right. I don't remember how we forget that. But you know, I mean, I have an excuse. I'm old, so I don't know about you, Mark. <laughs> I guess I have a better excuse because I'm older than you are. So, but uh, very, very cool. But as I was saying. Yeah, I mean, starting up the Counter Charger Award was a lot of fun. I'm glad that it's taken off. I really, really appreciate all the tournaments they're doing. And I remember in the old days, remember when we ran dice, Rob, and we had dice to give away? And um, the early Counter Charger Award, you got uh, like 10 dice, and you got this uh, frame certificate that I had, and I mailed them like all over the place Mm -hmm. uh, to kind of get it started. And that's great. And then you did the Counter Charger um, medallions. So those were really, really cool. And, and, and uh, Keith, Keith I'll, I'll make sure to bring you one. Don't worry, Keith. We, we haven't forgotten you. <laughs> Do you still have some, Rob? I have a couple. I have a couple. A couple. So, oh, and, 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 I, and I could not pass an opportunity to give one, to present one to Keith. Because, I mean, being able to tell him he's mediocre love, is great. We love that it was <laughs> Keith the master and Keith the mediocre. It's It's just too perfect. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, we did our blaster figure. So that was a lot of fun. We were uh, running around. I I think I just sent one to Germany not that long ago. Somebody got a hold of me and they're like, hey, you got any blasters left? So I think I sent that. I said, yeah, I think I just sent one off to Germany not that recently. So our. Or I sent it pretty recently, I should say. And then, of course, uh, the narrative workshop, getting that started. That was a lot of fun. Uh, putting that together. We've had a couple of different people in the workshop over the years. So that was a lot of fun. I, I give a tip of the hat to Rob. He came up with that idea. So starting up the narrative workshop. So thank you, Rob. That's been an, that was an awesome idea. It's been a great run on the show. So, and then uh, finally uh, putting the international hosts together. So that was something I always wanted to do international correspondence and, uh, you know, it was great because I was doing all the UK shows and all the Australian shows and the Canadian shows, and I was getting tired. So <laughs> it was great, and I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, uh, I believe Rob uh, suggested we bring Alex on. And then um, I believe that Matt, you uh, contacted me after a shout out on one of the shows, and uh, onto the show you came. And of course, Steve was on for a while. So that was great. And I really love the international content and giving us worldwide coverage of all things Kings of War. So very, very cool. Some great memories, just way too many. And I could probably blather for an hour, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to Jeremy. Yeah, I think what's what sticks in my mind is not anything that I did or any shows that I that we did together or anything that more what sticks in mind is all the people in the audience that I've had the privilege to get to know. Um, you know, After Dark was a great opportunity for that. But really that's what the show has meant for me is uh the content we do is great, but it's really been the bridge to so many great friendships that matters to me. Um 
you know, it's just amazing to look back on the show and see how much it's grown from when I was a listener and it was, um, you know, Rob and Mark and Andy, and then they, you know, grew to international covers like Mark mentioned and all the different little segments and everything. But really, it's been a team effort. I think we've had a lot of great uh, voices. We've had a lot of great ideas. And, you know, as a, as a collective, we've tried to bring you guys the best content that we can and the most interesting content. And for that, that means that we've tried to do the stuff that's interesting to us, right? Because when you're producing a show or doing a show, if you're into the content, you're hopefully it's easier to listen to. Um, so I've loved a lot of the stuff we've done. List builders, I love I love the stuff that we've done, especially when we've talked about how um, – uh, trying to be holistic gamers, you know, uh, play well, uh, paint well, and be good sports. You know, Rob's talked a lot about that. The sort of we talked about the three, the triangle, right, or the pyramid, the different sides of the hobby. You know, the sports, the paint, and the play on the table. And I think we've tried to give you guys shows covering all those different aspects, and that you can be, you can excel and be great in. Um, all those different fields without having to have a certain area at the expense of the other, right? You can be a great hobbyist, a great sport, and a great player and not have to sacrifice things in those other areas. So it's been a privilege for me to be on the show. I've got to know so many of you, and it's just been so great to be on the show with these fine gentlemen and to meet you guys out there. And, you know, it's crazy. It's like where... It's so amazing to be like, I want to go play. I want to go to Australia. And now I have like a sexy butler to drive me around. So I imagine that like if I go there, you have to dress up like that SNL skit Croger with uh, Chris Farley and Patrick Swayze where they're auditioning for Chippendales. I want you in that outfit when you come pick me up from the airport (laughs) (laughs) when I go to Clash of Kings Australia. And it has to be where you can rip it off at any moment. But don't tell me. Well, Chippendales I mean, <laughs> is from Australia, right? Chippendales is not an Australian thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. I think, so I I think Austin to... Casey might go with you. Well, yeah, he, yeah. I know which role he's got. He's got, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I find it interesting that you don't think that's my normal attire. Well, you know, I want the full rip away, like the rip away mm, pants to work. You know, I want just at any moment, just shock me mm. with your didgeridoo. Just, I don't know. <laughs> I need to be ready at all times. But <laughs> oh, no. in all seriousness, you know, I, I love you guys. I love our oh. audience. Everyone from After Dark, you know, I haven't had a chance to be on. It's crazy. I went on the After Dark and there was like a bunch of people. I didn't know any of them. Are there some people I like didn't know? And I was like, oh, hey, what's up? So it's great to see that that has a life of its own now um, and that it's now a thing that will exist. Um, and then like Rob, too, I think it's this is a great time to reminisce, but also to look forward and to think about how can we as a show grow, how can we as gamers always be growing, always being adapting, always, uh, you know, taking obstacles as pathways to mastery. And just like, I'm really excited for where the show is going to uh, uh, go over the next 500 episodes. You know, where are we going to be at episode 1000? And will I have my Basileans finished by then? That's the question. Yeah. What about fa- I think, I think we really, I think we really know the episode, uh, the answer to that, right, Jeremy? No, uh-huh. yeah, 100%. Percent. No. <laughs> no. It's right behind his Bretonian army. Yeah. <laughs> He'll still be painting spear in an episode of that. Yeah, Alohi will be speed six, hitting on sixes, defense two, and 
Anyway. I, I, I had to admit, though, I did take a little satisfaction when they were beating him up and teasing him, poking fun at his 11 model uh, <laughs> Spearman Horde this, this weekend. I felt a little bad, but uh, not, not uh, too it was, bad. The volume was full. That's yes. Well, three angels obviously equal like seven dudes, right? That's what I'm telling or, you, Or bro. 20 dudes, whatever, yeah. It just, it, in pure Jeremy fashion, it, it just, just makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> just makes sense. Oh. What about favorite episodes, Rob? Any 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 uh, favorite episodes? Pop. You, I mean, you mentioned a little bit early yeah. list builders, but there's been a few. But like you know, the the ones that that I have the best memory for are the ones where, and I'm sure you guys all have had this where we're recording, and it's like the preparation meets the opportunity, and like we're prepared, and like it it it's not work. It doesn't feel like we're having to pull stuff out of the person and it feels like we've got the right question and we're able to like just like randomly push back and forth and it just flows naturally. And that doesn't always happen. Sometimes sometimes it does feel like, you know, oh man, you know, just for whatever reason, you know, it just if it can feel like a grind, but every once in a while you get the magic. But in terms of favorite memories, you know, I don't know. Uh gosh, there's I, there's 500. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's like, I don't know how you pick. I mean, for me, it's always like the most recent, right? Walking around Sunday at Masters and hearing an Australian. And I was like, that's good. It's Australian. <laughs> and walking up and introducing myself. And I'm like, well, do you want to come on the show? As I do. And he's like, yeah, I'll come on the show. And and I don't know if this is an Australian thing, Matt, uh, about your preparedness. The dude had like a little binder, like a little notebook he opened up. And he proceeded to write down to share with us all. You'll hear it in the future. All of the tips he's learned in the three or four hours he was walking around the Masters. And I thought, no, I don't. I don't think that's a typical Australian thing, mate. Okay, <laughs> I think that's a pilot thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I, but I was impressed. I was like, okay, this guy seems to be on the ball. So uh, if I had to pick a favorite episode, I don't know, dude. Uh, the Elysio one. The first time we had Elysio on, that was pretty good. Cause it was me trying to be like serious and trying to like hold Mark and 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 Andy back, going full fanboy, <laughs> the whole time we're like, you know, trying to ask the hard hitting questions, but then still getting in the the gushing. Cause you know, it, it was always good to have people of his notoriety on. Uh, anyways, I don't know favorite episodes. There's too many. Mark, how about you? I'm sure Mark's got some specific ones picked out. Well, speaking of gushing, uh, my absolute favorite one, of course, all the narrative workshops have been great. Uh, Alessio, that I think was episode five, Rob, and uh, that was that was amazing and a great time. And I already mentioned the Ronnie episode, but the one I I really really always zero back in on is the Duncan Rhodes episode, and only because you guys didn't know about it and. I was able to pull it off under radar and then throw it up, and you guys didn't even know it was coming. So Felix and I had that one under wraps, kind of like your Pizza Jesus Army, and uh, it really worked. And uh, it was great having Duncan on, and you really can't tell through the episode, but we had so many technical difficulties during that. That episode took forever to uh, edit, but I think it came out really well. I think it's one of my better editing jobs, and it was great having Duncan on the show. And uh, sadly, he has not yet uh, painted a Kings of War model on his channel. So, you know, go over there, folks, and uh, put suggestions in his uh, box. And maybe one day he'll paint it. But that was a lot of fun. I had a really, really good time with that. Uh, another one 
when we did the audio uh, dramas. We had a couple of audio dramas. Mm, that was and, back uh, with that the, was a lot of fun. The National Dead Zone, right? Uh, yes, and mm. that was from International Campaign Day. I believe it was the first one, and we took Ben's narrative from International Campaign Day, and then the guys from Dead Zone, the podcast, went ahead and did an audio drama for us. That was a lot of fun. I have no idea what episode number that is, but uh, that was a really good time. It, it was a, I thought it was a great episode. I'd love to do more of that sometime down the road, but uh, yeah, very, very cool. That was a lot of fun, so... Uh, Jeremy, you have any favorites? Anything stick in your mind? Yeah, so <clears throat> I uh, just to share with like as as a, a listener myself, I always really liked Rob's stuff with Kawei. Um, I thought it was really interesting to to hear his like how you even start a company to make models. I mean, that was in like the the early days of, of really understanding like for me w- that people 3D printed and all that cra- all that crazy stuff. Mm. I really liked those. I I just always thought you and him Rob had a, like a really nice dynamic together and those yeah. were always just really interesting episodes. It's interesting you bring it up cuz you know we, we, I think we put I posted today that this is the 10 year anniversary of uh West Valley Miniatures and we had him on the first time in 2016. I we probably had him on a half a dozen times and like we never had a script it was always just like you're gonna come on and you're just gonna spew passion <laughs> right like because you get yeah. you get him talking and it's like that dude that he he exudes passion right like this is this he does it because he loves it <laughs> he I, and i don't think if he i i mean he probably cares if he doesn't make any money but i, I mean that's not the reason he's doing this he's doing it to make cool models yeah hmm. and i really like the early stuff my first uh army and kings of war was undead so i remember the early episode with pat when he won the masters um with his undead and then the the first uh army review that dan king was on for mm-hmm. undead Dan did a great job early. yeah yeah i remember uh really liking those early episodes um as far as uh some some newer stuff i really liked our lockdown catch up with ronnie um, I've always appreciated Ronnie's, uh, coming on the show. And I think a lot of people love that. It's kind of like they played Kings of war and it's like every, a lot of people have a Ronnie story like, Oh, I met him. He was super nice or whatever the case is, but mm-hmm. not often in this, uh, industry. Could you be, like have that homegrown feel like you have a, a connection to the company that makes the game you play? You know, I love all my, uh, the list building episodes we've done, we've done so many have been great. I've really liked um, the morning after the hobby episodes, the episode where we talked about like magnetization. We've done that a few times. Rob has been pretty fun. And when we had Ryan Smith on to talk about brushes, mm-hmm. um, I, squirrel butt hair and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've always tried to do episodes. Well, I've always tried to think about episodes like, Hey, I want to get into airbrushing. Like when we did our airbrush episode, it's like the podcast is great for that because it's like, I want to learn how to airbrush. Okay. Let's do an episode on it. Use the episodes as platforms for, to learn. Um, so those have been some of, um, the stuff that I, I really like to the, the Alex and Crozier duo episode. I listened Uh, to that episode on my way home from, the Reno one day that we had Mm -hmm. this last year and it was a one day tournament and I drove home after. So it was really late and it was cold and I was driving through the frost frigid mountains of (laughs) the Sierra Nevadas as the dark starlit sky 
uh, sent silver trendles down into my cold, cold car. But then I heard Croger and Alex together, and it it, it, it delivered me home in a cocoon of warmth it, and love. Yeah, it's and, like uh, yeah, it's like the I don't know, like the heat miser in uh, uh-huh. uh, uh, Father Winter. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> the, the, the yin to his yang. Showing aside that that kept me awake in my two and a half hour drive or whatever. And I just really remember like, man, this is great because that was such a cool thing about being part of counter charges. You had your episodes, but you never f- fully knew. I mean, you knew kind of what everyone else was up to, but you didn't really, I got to enjoy all your guys episodes too. Mm-hmm. Um, because mm-hmm. in listening to them as well. Um, I loved having Tom and Britain. I think the last episode we did, people really liked, you know, breaking down masters coverage um, are, was pretty fun, and I always love having, you know, Tom on the show. And yeah, what about uh, you, Alex? You know, both from maybe when you were a listener or when you joined the show. Any ep- episodes sort of stick out in your head? Um, yeah, it's like starting in Kings of War. It was like me and my buddy Steve playing in his basement. You know, I just moved, you know, from Toronto to Hamilton, and just like picked up the hobby again. And it was just the two of us here playing. And, you know, it was awesome. It was like every other week we'd get together, you know, herd against Varenger, herd against, you know, dwarves. We'd just kind of mix it up. I actually think back then there wasn't even... Uncharted Empires wasn't out, so it was like dwarves against orcs because his his chaos... Varenger wasn't an army yet, so we're using his chaos warriors as orcs. But it just felt like this small little thing. And then... You know, I'm, I'm I have a, a voracious appetite for like di- you know information. So I was like looking online, seeing what kind of like wh- who else is playing Kings of War. Is there like a community? Like what's the what's the forum? What's the situation like? Where's where's all the where are all the people out there talking about lists and stuff? And I found Countercharge, and I was like, it was awesome because you had this. I think you know, like you got you were saying like. The list builders, studios, the army, you know, army reviews. Like, there's like a community of people just like out there, you know, waiting, you know, or who already have this wealth of knowledge. And I never really listened to podcasts very much. And just being able to find this library of available content was just so cool. And it was just like this new world, <laughs> you know, it was just, is, you know, the game was new to me. And then, this you know this whole new avenue of information was there and it just really introduced me to the community aspect of the game and how many like great people were involved and just you know event coverage and all these things it just got me more and more excited about growing the community here as opposed to just like back in Warhammer or, you know just play a couple times a month in you know a few friends basements never really did much like community you know, didn't go to the tournaments very much or anything. So I think Countercharge really opened my eyes to how awesome um, the community of Kings of War was and how, you know, and where it was and who, who you know, kind of created all these personalities or like, you know, oh, it was, I think that was like the best part. It's just, it opened up this world as a player. So then, when Mark uh, contacted me to be part of the show, I was like, "That's that was like amazing, an amazing honor." I thought it was like, "This is pretty cool to be part of something that brings so many people together." It would be awesome. And then you found out how much work it was. You're like, "God damn it!" Yeah, 
you know, still adjusting, <laughs> still adjusting uh, to that new <laughs> aspect. Um, uh, but the glacier, the glacier, we call him. <laughs> yeah. You can just, you can just... change the path of his flow, but it's very very slowly. Well, global warming, global warming is a thing, so be ready for a flood. I hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, it's just been it's it's a, just a really cool thing to be a part of to help, you know to be that facilitator to like show people how great this community is. I think I say community about eighty times per episode when I'm actually on recording things. So that's I think that's the best part. And you know to that point, you know when I think the episodes where we are all on together or with, you know you know the call to arms episodes when we were like detailing our weekly you know universal battle experiences and stuff like i think that's the great thing is just having mm-hmm. having yeah, those like were a public fun. those were really fun episodes to do just just having a public hangout and just like you know shooting the shit with you guys there's a sword clank for you up giving the best of what the community is putting that on the air i think is awesome like the army reviews let's build their studios all that stuff's awesome cuz it's just a great way to see, you know, into the minds of people that you don't often get in any other medium. So I think those, those are probably my favorite episodes if, in a very roundabout way. How about you, Matt? Um, so for me, I mean, my, the first episodes I remember, like I said, were Robert Nashcon, but I also have really strong memories of the episodes where Jeremy used to talk about his undead. Now, Based on timeframes, that must be at least about four years ago because he's been painting basically for that long, right? True. True. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do remember him and Rob talking about him, you know, speed trying to rush his undead for masters. Those are some of some of the early ones that I listened to as well. Yeah, it's not wrong. <laughs> um but in terms of ones I've been involved with, I think I, you know, I can't go past my first, which was our uh, I think there'd been one episode with an Australian before then. I think Rob had interviewed Pavel, the Swordmaster, or someone, no, Mark maybe had interviewed him. And then so I did a Clash of Kings episode, which must be two, three years ago now. And then my favourite episode besides that was probably my first list builder that I did with Tracy. Um, and I really just enjoy those episodes where we can kind of delve into kind of the difference of tactics and things with with people who are really good at the game. <clears throat> you know, I'm not, never going to claim to be that good at the game and I, I just like hearing about the way they think and then asking questions around that. I think List Builder Studio had been on a little bit of a hiatus until then and that coming back and it seems to have gained a bit of traction again and, and we're starting to do it. So that was probably my favourite. So on that note, we're going to take a little bit of a break and we'll be back shortly. For an environment where it's safe to show pictures of your one-eyed monsters, Countercharge After Dark, the home of safe hobby. Check the show notes for the Discord link. Rob here, and I wanted to take a moment to thank everyone that has put in reviews for us on various podcast uh, platforms. Uh, it's 
been great to see the growth, and, and I think that your contributions have really helped new listeners find the show. Um, and we wanted to give something back, and a, and a few months ago we put a post on the Facebook group, and we said, hey, for those of you that have put in uh, reviews, put your name down below and we'll we'll have a drawing. And, uh, well, we're, we're about to do that, but before uh, we do that, I wanted to share what we're giving away. So first up is a pair of blaster models sculpted by the Goblin King himself, Kev Adams. If you don't know Kev Adams, he sculpted all the classic goblins for GW back in the day. And so we had him take our old blaster logo, which is uh, the blaster with the peg leg and the Morgan, the Captain Morgan pose with the torch. And he did a wonderful job of capturing it. And we've got a couple of those models in resin included. We've got some cards. We've got some stickers, both in holographic and white. Um, we've got a keychain. We've got a pin. And we've got some pens. But I think the coolest thing that we've got well, I think it's the coolest thing we've got, is we've got a couple of our older uh, pieces of swag that this is it. This is the last of the last of the last. The first is a widget set that was produced by Armada Games, and it's basically a pair of widgets that give you measurement from half an inch to six inches. Um, it has our old uh, branding on it, but this is it. This is the last one. It's out of my private collection. And then, not to be outdone, I went into my private collection and I pulled out a pair of dice for each of our... Uh, runs of uh, dice for uh, countercharge. So I've got some yellow and orange countercharge dice that have the full blaster logo on it, along with some bone and some green that have just just blaster's head and the words countercharge. So you'll never get these anywhere else. We're not running these again. Hopefully, whoever gets this will uh, will appreciate it as much as you know we appreciate all of your efforts for spreading the word about countercharge. Well, let's get to it. Let's pick a winner. I put all the names uh, in a random name generator list, and I'm going to hit this button, and it's going to generate a name, and the winner is Connor Murphy. So, Connor, if you're hearing this on the show, please reach out to me uh, via DM on Facebook, and I'll get your details, and I will get this uh, prize package sent your way. So, again, thanks for everybody that participated, and enjoy the rest of the show. I'm Ronnie from Magic Games, and you're listening to Counter Charge. And we are back. Now we're going to head into a collection of short interviews we've put together from the community, as Countercharge has always been about the community, and we hope you enjoy them. And I am uh, joined now with the illustrious one, Kings of War's <laughs> own podcast special snowflake, Jake Cherapika. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing good. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. You know, we haven't talked in a while, so I'm glad to have you on. I'm, I'm listening right now to the... Uh, the hot Crozier unplugged episode. My <laughs> clothes are episode. Matt's yeah, my clothes are just dude. melting. You know, right. as I listen to his, <laughs> he's my real thunder from down under. But I um, mean, I, I see it. It works. <laughs> but I'm really happy to have you on. You know, we're doing a bunch of these little interviews. So when you when you look back over the last five or six years, what as as a community person, what sort of sticks sticks in your mind about? Countercharge or the, the greater Kings of War community at large? So I think the most, I guess, astounding thing for me is how how much more presence the community and the podcast have. Um, I remember, you know, early in the days of Countercharge and Kings of War, it really felt like I knew almost everybody who regularly interacted with the podcast, who played the game, and, and really, like, there'd be, like, a few names I didn't recognize, but it was, like, you very quickly were, like, yeah, I know 90% of the people in this community who are actively participating. And now, like, I just looked at the Countercharge Facebook page, and there's, you guys have, what, over 500 people now? <laughs> um, and 
a lot of them are like names i'm like i don't know who you are i don't know where you're from and that's really cool to me because it's such a huge growth in what feels like a long time but realistically five years isn't that big of a difference right like that's a short amount of time to have such a huge explosion in player base and just interest in the podcast and the community as a whole yeah i think that it's uh interesting that you say that because in the beginning right you kind of knew absolutely everyone who played kings of war Mm-hmm. And if you heard a name, maybe it would be like every now and then you'd be like, oh, I don't know that person. Whereas now I'll come across YouTube channels or people who are doing stuff for Kings of War. And it's like I used to know every single person in the hobby. And now it's like, oh, I don't know that person. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I mean, Unplugged Radio got started because I was. Uh, I recorded a guest segment at the first Kings of War GT that the Unplugged Gamers ran, and I sent that to Countercharge, had a lot of fun doing that. And then um, I believe it was an Army in a Weekend Challenge, and I was on an episode there, and I had a lot of fun. And then I was like, you know what, this could be fun to do, and I think we could get some East Coast perspective because um, at the time, Countercharge was pretty much Rob and Mark and then a couple of guests every now and then. And so it was very much so like you got their Midwest, Southeast kind of perspectives. Um, and now Countercharge is like this global phenomenon where like if I want to hear about the scenes anywhere else in the world, in the country, Countercharge is the place to go, which is just amazing. I know you and I have always joked around kind of like um... – Countercharge, in many ways, we've tried to be a little bit of of everything for everyone, you know, kind of like the ESPN of podcast coverage. And I know Unplugged has kind of been more sort of the, uh, uh, I say it in the nicest way, hipster sort of uh, podcast. Has that kind of been in your, is is that kind (laughs) of consistent with sort of like how you've envisioned Unplugged to be? Yeah, I think in many ways, like, Countercharge is the professional YouTube channel equivalent in the video game like thing where like you guys have the awesome editing, you guys have the great guest and a lot of professionalism that you bring to the table. And so your content is so great and you have just a wide range. Whereas we, th- we often picture unplugged radio being like the little bit stream of consciousness, but fully our personalities are all on the table you get the same four people every episode so you get to really know us kind of feel and so our goal is always to have it be like um to feel like you're hanging out in a basement or at the game store and just chatting with people um and we don't always have the greatest expertise on what we're chatting about but we want to get that like conversational just like love of the game and gaming and all sorts of things non-Kings of War related across. Whereas I think Countercharge does an amazing job just being like, is there something in the game you want to hear about? Chances are you guys have an episode with an expert who can actually talk authoritatively on it, which is so cool. Yeah, and I I mean, I love your guys' show, and I think that part of this 500th episode goal for us is to not only reminisce about what we loved about Countercharge, but highlight... uh, people in the community that we really like and respect our other podcasts or other uh, YouTube channels or content creators for you guys to listen to besides just us. Um, Because there are so many great people creating content. And I think when you have a platform, like we have our own sort of 
big in the Kings of War community, but relatively small in the world, but we do have a little platform. And I know for me, I always try to guide our listeners to other uh, content that I like and that are other people who I respect their vision or I, I, I feel uh, connected to about what their goals are in their life as people. You know, moving forward, uh, sort of what's on your docket, either Kings of War wise or Unplugged, you know, with COVID starting to, to lessen up a little bit, are you starting to get a little bit more more games in? Or so what's your goals over the next few months, hobby wise? Um, so the first tournament I'll be playing in is the Crossroads GT, which is in um, like upper state New York um out like in the boonies and that is in september and i'm hoping to have a new army completed for that um so over these next couple of months i really have to start getting to work on that because it's about half completed and i haven't worked on it for a year because initially it was going to be for unplug gt two years ago <laughs> and then when that got canceled i was like all right well this is going on hold so this is my brotherhood of blood which i did a blog for oh Dash cool yeah for a while. i love that yeah argument. yeah and, you know, the Games Workshop just came out with the new Blood Knights and a bunch of new stuff that's very vampire-themed. So it's a perfect time to finish it up because it's like, oh, these models are custom-made for the concept I had in my head that just didn't exist. And so I'm really excited to get working on it. I just have a couple other things to finish before I get to there. Um, for the for Unplugged Radio, I mean, really... I think uh, we're we're keeping on keeping on. We don't we have uh, topics that we want to talk on and off on the podcast, but mostly, I think the whole cast is excited to be close to being able to play more because it's been a real challenge to discuss the game at all when we're in areas that were locked down. I think harder than other parts of the country, um, and so it just wasn't possible to get in games really for like the last year. And so it's really tough to talk about the game when you're not playing and none of us are UB fans. So I'm, I'm just excited to be able to be playing and bring that excitement to the game back to the podcast because John and I have been dabbling in a lot of non Kings of War games, which is awesome. I think that brings some good perspective, but you know, Kings of War is all of ours favorite game and we're all really excited to get back to that. Yeah, and I know I know that's something for us moving forward in the show is that, you know, Kings of War obviously is like our first love and our main squeeze, but it is a really rich time for the hobby. And I think if you love miniature wargaming, you you do yourself a disservice tribalizing yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And only playing mm-hmm. one game or only using one paint line or only using one model line. So um, that's something that we're looking forward to maybe in the show is sprinkling in some of the other stuff we're in- interested in. Um, I did want to say there was a couple of countercharge memories I wanted to I want to share. Um, so I think the most vivid change over the last 500 episodes of countercharge I think has to be the the uh, the host you all have added over the time that has really helped enhance countercharge immensely. Um, you know, I first started listening. Rob and Mark were really great about pulling people in as guest roles, but it wasn't the same level of like ownership. Whereas I think, you know, you jumping in adds something because you have a different perspective and different contacts than Rob and Mark. And then, you know, Felix, Alex Coos, you've got Matt Croger and a bunch of other people who have just become sort of your, your network of uh, counterchargers, which just increases your reach. And I think that's really, it's been a huge positive boost in the style of content that you guys are putting out because rather than like, 
having to create something that doesn't interest you, chances are there's probably someone in your group that's like, oh yeah, I'm into that. Let's let's cover that. So I think that's been a huge thing for you all that I've been really excited to see is just how much your the podcasting group for Countercharge has grown. Um, yeah, I th- yeah. I th- I think that um you know in our intro we used to have host names and then Rob took those out for that very reason is that the Countercharge host team is that's what it is it's a team and it's not any individual person and people come in and go ba- you know based on life you know takes you out and brings you back in whatever so we wanted to make it more of like a family thing and not just one or two set people um well awesome dude thanks for coming on um as always you can check out jake on unplugged radio on any of your podcast devices they got a great facebook page they got a monday night paint thing going on too all uh uh uh, inspired by uh after dark so make Mm -hmm, sure you mm -hmm. you get in with those guys uh painting and um it's not a full episode but why don't you remind uh, our audience what they should always do jake keep Countercharging. So I'm here with the Dash 28, uh, I would say almost legend by now. Uh, Mr. Britton Williams, how are you doing, Britton? Doing good. Awesome. Um, as many of you guys know, Britton has uh, flown the coop and uh, moved down to the the mecca of Southern California and left me all alone in the Bay Area. I'm so sad. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not that sorry because San Diego is great. I, you know, I don't blame you, man. It's beautiful down there, but. Um, like many other guests, uh, many of you uh, know Brenton um, from the community, you know, Dash 28 Live, Dash 28 Awesome Articles, and we wanted just to have uh, Brenton come on the show, one of my oldest Kings of War buddies, and just to riff, riff a little bit on Countercharge, on uh, kind of where you've seen the community grow over the last couple of years, but uh, we definitely wanted to, to have you on the show. Yeah, awesome. Um how did we want to start? Did I just want to start? Yeah, talking? just go for it, bro. Just speak, speak from the heart. Yeah. So I started playing um, in June 2016. Started playing Kings of War. Played a lot of other miniature games before that. So it was June 2016. I know that because I I have a picture on my phone of my first game of Kings of War. So I'm able to to know exactly when it was. You can carbon um, date it. You got the exact I dates. Can, <laughs> I can carbon date getting tabled by Ogres. Um. But I had listened to a lot of sort of hobby podcasts and a lot of gaming, particularly podcasts. So um, over over the years, um, through long commutes or, or any other reason, I was always sort of consuming a ton of hobby-related content. And what I found with most of them is they they connected me to a small part of a specific local scene. Um, and that was great. Like, I felt out felt like i was hanging out with my buddies even though i didn't know them and being part of their friends group but it always felt very sort of small and um particular and when i listened to countercharge uh because of the interviews with bantic folks because of interviews especially with like tournament winners interviews with tournament organizers scene veterans 
um, the army reviews and everything, it, it didn't feel small. It felt like it was connecting me to this giant, larger scene. Um, and, and that was a really awesome feeling uh, that I really appreciated and sort of hooked me right away to it. Um, so that, that is what I felt, especially in that early time before you know everyone was brought on and then it grew with you and the List Builder Studio and a lot of that. But that connection to the larger scene and the larger environment and all of the different diverse cast of characters and scum and villainy within the scene, um, Countercharge was my window into that, not just into one particular friend, particular person style of play. It's one thing that you say that I think is funny, right? Um, in any sort of scene, you get characters. And I think that one thing that I sort of like about the show and just like the show in general, not anything in particular that any one host has done, but we've had sort of, like you say, characters come out, right? Like, like Tom Annis, the spy master. I mean, we have uh, uh, Felix and um, like uh, a lot of different um, personalities, I would say, have really developed out of the scene in the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and And for me also there's those sort of colorful personalities, which is awesome. And you get to really get people's, I don't there's like a sense of humor to the show and you and Rob and sort of folks know everyone. It feels like, um, so it's, it, it makes it feel like this large extended family, which is really great. Um, uh, the first big event I went to was Adepticon in 2017 and I, I very much felt like an outsider at that event, um, not in like a bad way. It's, I've talked about this on Dash 28 and other things, but like I didn't know anyone. I showed up at that tournament sort of alone, and it felt that way. And then at the next Masters that I was able to attend after listening, because I had to skip the Masters in Chicago, after listening basically to like another solid whatever it was, year plus, year and a half, two years of countercharge and all the people you're bringing in and all of the army list reviews and all of the um, like tournament winner reviews and the uh, general studio or list builder studio hearing all of this diverse cast of characters from all over the scene. I went to masters in Texas and even though I didn't actually know them, I felt like I knew most of the room and felt immediately comfortable because I'd heard all these voices I'd heard how they think about the game. I had heard all these things. So it, it was just immediately plugging into the scene. And that was that was an awesome feeling that like countercharge made me feel closer to all of these people I'd never actually met. And that's awesome. I know that that's you know one thing one thing we try to do is make everyone, like you say, feel like we're all part of one big gaming group. So what's next on Brinton's hobby map i know are we going to be seeing the rpg book drop soon um you know what's what's on your sort of next couple of months well i have a couple more miniatures to paint for masters but after that um i'm doing what i'm i wasn't sure i was ever going to do but i kept talking about but i've committed to which is a hundred percent mantic army painted to the highest standard i can and this is all who knows but my goal is to try and podium uh, in paint at major events with a hundred percent Mantic um, army. That's the goal is to say, Very can, I, can I paint these at a high enough level um, and, and make Ronnie and folks proud? 
by <laughs> not having other people's miniatures on the table and, and actually supporting the game I love straight up. So Very cool. And then um, any new news on your Kickstarter? That's all bad news. Okay, so we won't but go it'll, there. It'll it'll ship, but it's been a it's been a like at a GT catch me late and we'll talk about it. Okay, give me the <laughs> the down low. Um, well, awesome, man. Uh, uh, as uh, for me, you know, I I really appreciate our friendship and appreciate all the times you've thrashed me. And I do. Uh, it's very weird to be alone here on my own my uh, lone island. But I know you got. A bunch of really awesome stuff going down in LA and San Diego is not that far. And we'll so. we'll come up. We'll come up and visit. Mm-hmm. We promise. Well, thanks for coming on. You know, it's always great to catch up. And why don't you remind our audiences what they should never forget? They should never forget to crush your enemies, see them driven before you, hear the lamentations of their women, and always keep countercharging. Welcome back to Countercharge. Uh, we're continuing this great collection of interviews for episode 500. And uh, we're very fortunate to have Kyle Pretzel Twinkie and Mr. Ronnie Renton himself uh, joining us. Jeremy, take it away. Yeah, so, you know, we've been doing these little collection of interviews, Ronnie and Kyle. And uh, starting with you, Ronnie, I'm curious uh, when you think about uh, Mantic and Kings of War over the last five or six years, is there something that just jumps out at, t- jumps out at you? Hi, everybody. Um, congratulations on getting to 500 episodes. That's a truly amazing um, achievement. And I think probably that ties in exactly to the answer to that question, which is what what strikes me about uh, Kings of War now is that it's a truly global community project. And I think that's what's exciting and getting more exciting and you know before before we started the 15 months we're now having of <laughs> nobody seeing anybody i'd spent the you know the, the the six months previous going to australia and seeing the uh clash of kings in australia um you know i'm booked and if sleepy joe will let me in i'm going to be you know in the u.s in the masters in um in 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 the u.s in a month's time and the last event that i was at was the last Masters in February 2020. And and that's what's really exciting. It's the UK, it's Australia, it's America. There's French guys come over. We've got this exchange going with the Adepticon event that come over to Clash of Kings. And then we fly a UK guy over to the US. The rules committees, you know, have some money in the budget so they can travel and see. That's what's exciting. This is a global community and people are meeting and gaming and they've got shared interests and um, and I've not found anybody yet who's who's gone to one of the foreign, you know, traveled to a foreign event and not had a fantastic time and met like minded individuals. And I think that's probably one of the most exciting things that's going on with Kings of War. And, and what about you, Kyle? Does that sort of resonate with you? I know you started off as sort of a fan and then have grown into working with Mantic. But what's sort of your thoughts on how you've seen the, the hobby grow over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, I was like you guys and just started off as a content creator and was extremely passionate about the game and and continued to try to work with Mantic, 
you know, before I even became an employee to, to just grow things because I recognized something that was really special. I recognized a group of people, um, that just had a shared love of a game and a hobby that I wanted to be a part of. I wanted to kind of stake my claim is this is something that I want to be big in my life and continue to push towards it. And, you know, we've, we've seen exponential growth since, since I came on board, you know, back in like 2015. So things have, have, really exploded and you know content creators guys like you that that make podcasts people that make battle reports and articles and and blogs uh they sort of push and drive you know at the point where i'm at now where i'm doing sales and helping in that sense um everybody that is involved in the game i feel like has that passion and that's not something that you see everywhere and i think that's what really makes it special and really kind of makes us stand out as the community that we are and you know i'm curious ronnie i know like a lot of there's a lot of fandoms right uh, uh people get into star wars and they make star wars videos or just about not even just miniature games right any sort of yep. thing yep. and you know very rarely do those people like get to interact with the the, yeah. the the company that 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 does that so how important is to you because i know you have you traveled around the world you've been on our show you've talked to other podcasts is that like a really important thing for you to to interact with all of these people who are sort of on their own volition, unpaid, just making cool stuff about the game you guys make? Is that like a, a part of your mission as the the head of Mantic to to touch base and, and be a, be seen out in the community? Well, I think there's, there's two things. There's the first one that I think uh, from a company, uh, from a value proposition, the community being able to interact, I think builds bonds of loyalty. And, you know, one of the things that we found out when we set up, you know, ran our flag up the flagpole was that despite you know, the big boys down the road doing some dodgy things at the time in terms of price rises and not engaging with the customers, there was still loyalty there. So I think we realized we had to work blinking hard to get people to try our games. And I think, you know, up until 2015, I think from the first day that Kings of War came out, it was a sensational game. But getting people to try it was was very, very hard work because people had a game that they were playing and they were enjoying it and that was where they were. And so from a company, you know, professionalism point of view, when you've got some people that are loving your game, you better look after them, <laughs> you know, and take care of them and, and make sure you're interacting with them. So on the one hand, there's the kind of, why do you do it on that side? Well, we, we've managed to get you guys and we want to, keep you but i think even more than that is if you've got something wrong with the game you, we need to know about it <laughs> because there's there's if people are choosing to give up their weekends to play our product and give us money to to buy our soldiers and play our products they that's so important to us and this is you know this is absolutely key and so by going out here and spending two days hanging around if i turn up for 10 minutes and say hi how's things everyone goes yeah it's great Ron." but actually after the second beer people start saying well you know what Ron? those war machines <laughs> with this army and that. Ah, okay go on tell me more talk some more and so right from day one kings of war the very free, free rules that we gave away, you know, unless you had written them. And remember, this guy wrote Warhammer. So it's not like it, he's some untested um, writer. 
that we were worried about whether there'd be any good rules. You know, he, he wrote the last version of 40K and the last version of Warhammer before Kings of War. So we knew there were good rules, but we gave them to the community. We said, tell us what you think about these. And we did that for a couple of years before we actually published a set of rules. So the community has been at the heart of what we do from the beginning and 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 and, and every day from on. And I, I stay close because it's the best way for me to find out if we made a mistake with our game and then we release the Clash of Kings book and put it right. So there's multiple, multiple reasons. I also like drinking beer, you know, and uh, I like seeing people play, play war games. So there's multiple reasons, but they all revolve around the same thing, which is that this is really important to us. The community and interaction with people is, is part of what we do and we enjoy it. You know, that's awesome. And I often call Kings of War sort of the Goldilocks game in that it's not too small and not too big. It's like a really nice size when it comes to player agency in the in the creation of the game. And then also as far as like community building. Um, I know really we haven't had you on the show since Jesse's passing, Kyle. But one of the things I've loved most about the Kings of War um, game is all the relationships and family that we've made through that. I mean, um, I know that's probably been an experience for you, right? It's just looking at all the great friendships that we've all made as, as sort of that have revol- orbited around this, this little game of toy, toy soldiers. Yeah. I mean, Jesse made himself known worldwide as being just a great guy to be around a, a personality that, that lit up the room. And, you know, I, I think that, it's inspired all of us to sort of carry on in that same sort of uh, camaraderie and excitement that he had when he walked in and, and we were playing a tournament. You hear so often that people, they go to tournaments in any kind of social setting, even if it's just local game store, they go there to, to sit down and enjoy their friend's company. I think more than anything else, we get to play a game and that's great. Uh, but the driving factor is that we all get to see each other again. You know, we're split all over the world. And one of the really cool things is that, you know, we, we, we know people from Australia and the U S and if we ever met them at a tournament, it would be like seeing a friend that you've known your whole life and hadn't ever even met him in person. So it's, it's just such a cool environment where you can do that, where you can go, you can hang out the, the events, you know, I, I went to bug eater, you know, a couple of weeks ago and barbecue in backyard at Billy Henninger's house. And, it was fantastic. You know, Chris and Lady Lake does his backyard uh, shindig. There's so many cool things that are done. And he, even Masters last year at that casino and having the best of the rest and just saying, hey, we just want people here. You know, that was such a great way that to do it. Fun. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. A, a good that, stake, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's the key of what we do. It's it's getting people together and enjoying each other's company and the bonds that we've built over that time frame. You know, Jesse became my best friend from Kings of War. I didn't know him before that. Uh, it, it's it, lifelong relationship kind of stuff. Yeah, it's wild, right? Because it's, you get to a point where it's like, I joke about this with um, Hillary all the time, where it's like, let's travel to this city for X reason. And it's like, oh, I know so-and-so plays there. Let me give him a call. He'll come pick us up from the airport. We'll go play some games and go to a museum. It's it's really wild. It's like any big city. It's like, oh, we want to go to like Northern Europe. Oh, let me talk to, you know, the uh, the giant dwarf guys. You know, it's just crazy, uh, these relationships. It's getting better, isn't it? I'm now at the stage where when I come to the US, because the flights are cheap, I always stay for a weekend. Usually that's to do with an event. But 
it wasn't last year, the year before I was in LA, I had a weekend like a layover and I just said, Hey, who's doing what? And, uh, you know, Mike and all those guys over there welcomed me into the house. I was in, you know, having a barbecue with them, watching them play Kings of War, uh, a little bit of Vanguard. Just how fantastic is that? You know, so we'll pee, I'll pee off my hotel. We'll, you, we'll come out here for the day. We'll all hang around. Just how fantastic that um, you can put your hand up now in any city in the world. And uh, it's a bit like Fight Club, isn't it? You know, you'll be able to find, uh, you find like-minded people. First rule yeah. of Kings of War is don't talk about Kings of War. And it's this idea of uh, reciprocity, right? Whereas in, I know one day I'll come visit you. So when you visit me, I'm gonna, we're going to fully take care of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's this idea of a, a, like back and forth. Um, absolutely it's just it's so exciting isn't it and it's yeah. and it's getting more and more and i think the in some ways universal battle wasn't the same experience of course it isn't you know we like the toy soldiers and the rolling the dice and seeing face to face but in some ways that lockdown really did make it a global community because people that you know had been talking or listening to podcasts were on you know you guys were on playing universal battle against other people in australia and hey let's have a hookup and while you're playing, you're having a chat and you're having a community. And I think that's what's what's kicked on even further. And in some ways, the the saving grace that came out of that is that because we couldn't meet and do our own tournaments, you know, in the US, in the in Ills, in the UK, people all went on and there were some huge online tournaments. But that truly did make that even more of a global community. Yeah, it really was the bridge that saved us, right? In that, who knows what would have happened to the hobby had there not been Universal yeah. Battle for that time, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's not perfect. We've talked about that on the show before. Yeah, it's like, not you know, the same experience, but it's some of it, isn't it? Yeah. It's a slice of the cake. Okay, so awesome. So moving forward, Kyle, what do you have planned maybe uh, in your personal hobby? What, what are you going to be working on in the Kings of War world over the next few months? Well, there's a lot of exciting things coming towards the end of this year. Um, I, I want to get back out to as many events as possible. I'd like to do some different market visits. I mean, we're really hoping that we can get to Masters and uh, just get around to to see people and play some games. Um, first and foremost, that's... If we do the Masters, we're going to go out West Coast, aren't we? That's the, uh, if I can get over there, we'll... We'll um we'll follow it up with a West Coast visit, which would be fantastic because the the West Coast community started to grow. So, if, uh, yeah, we'll get you guys up to Napa. We'll do some. Uh, oh, uh, sounds uh, good. Oh man, the food up here is crazy. But yeah, yeah. Um, so can you just send an email over to um to Mr. Biden and say please let if you can't let all of England in, can you just let one like, in. Dear 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 Mr. President, I play toy <laughs> soldiers. I would like the owner of the company of which game I play to come and hang out with me. Yeah. So please if you can make that happen, please, this okay. is very, very important. Kiss, kiss, kiss. I'll work. He's got like instead of the bat phone, Biden's got the counter charge phone in the Oval <laughs> Office. So I when I need a ruling on how the withdrawal works, I just call Biden on the counter charge <laughs> phone and say, can you make a ruling, please? Come on. It's, a, it's yeah. not that hard, guys. Come on. <laughs> And then painting-wise, Kyle, what do you got? Anything on the – any projects on the horizon? Well, I just finished uh, the Twilight Kin that I was trying to make as mantic as possible. You know, I got the guys to cast up some of the old stuff for me, which was really cool. Um, at, at this point, I'm actually looking forward to some of the things that are coming towards the end of this year, uh, Halflings being one of them. I mean, the, the sculpts look 
fantastic. I, I know we've teased, you know, several of them, but uh, beyond that, even the the list that's coming for that looks really, really, really good. And it's such a different play style to everything that I've done before. And there's some really neat synergies that, uh, you know, new models plus new rules and kind of uh, a different approach to the game has me really excited. I, I don't even like, you know, Halflings was never really my thing. Uh, it, that's if you look at the armies that I've played traditionally, it's been more the evil grittier stuff. But uh, these halflings look really interesting, just from a Kings of War standpoint, how they move on the board. Um, lots of lots of ways to synergize and and make some creative lists, and it's got my brain just going 100 miles an hour. So I am waiting patiently for when those are available so I can get started on them. I glued some of those together. They're really nice. I was going to send them to you, but I gave them to Rob instead. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Does that help? Sorry. <laughs> and what about you, Ronnie? Anything sort of like when you're thinking about or if, if we were to, to spy on Ronnie's vision board, what are we looking at for you for the next six months or a year or sort of where, where are your ex- creative juices flowing or what are you excited about coming up? So interesting. I mean, my list of four is pretty similar to Kyle. Um, I mean, the first thing is I just can't wait to get back out. You know, I'd really hope the next flight I take is going to be seeing everybody at the Masters. That's fantastic. Uh, it goes over to the US and then up to the West Coast. Uh, we've got a little scene stuff really starting to grow there, which th- it took a while to to get that to crack, but now it's cracked. Be good to just keep building on that and get some um, and increase the store network. We've got some cracking releases coming. You know, I think the Halflings is probably the most anticipated, and I think what we've done is we've really taken a bit like we did with the, you know the dwarfs started as dwarfs and then the Steel Behemoth and the Brock Riders added a real mantic feel to it. And I think we've done that with the halflings right from day one. They are not just another horde army of, of small people that are a bit crap at fighting. They've got their own style. It's not there's no pans on people's heads upside down, and you know they're not a, they're not a comedy army. They're lethal. They've got their own fighting style. They've got some a few little nods and a few jokes because we we like to have a bit of humour, but they are what they are. So I think there's there's coming there, um, and we're continuing to. To roll out the thing that's got me really quite excited i'm not allowed to talk about yet so but uh it's a it's a big kings of war project but probably won't see light of day until late 2022 um but i'm just starting to have a little play around with that um so yeah exciting 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 awesome. stuff well i know rob and i are going to be at masters we'll have the counter charge uh, uh on-site studio set up recording stuff and i hope you guys can make it you can go on the uh the jeff swan cavalcade of all the amazing restaurants in the oh, dallas fort worth area man he knows the places that guy he is just the the foodie the foodie of the uh, of the group so um yeah i saw him on his tv show when he went on that so uh, yeah man yes. he doesn't he doesn't mess around when it comes to like and, and this is the craziest thing so i live in napa right so that's yeah. like food capital and some of the best food I've ever had is in like the Dallas Fort Worth area, which is wild that they have a great food scene. Uh, well, I think Kyle's coming no matter what, isn't he? Because I think America is open and Kyle's definitely coming Okay, cool. Uh, to the Masters. Um, just uh, We're just waiting on his ticket because if, if I can come, then we'll come to the Masters and we'll go on to the West Coast. But if not, then... Kyle just come over and hopefully within a, a few weeks after that we we'll, we'll do the West Coast. We'll, we'll, we'll get you back to, to to Scott's house. He's done remodeling, so now he can fit in his second floor game studio like twelve tables or something. Last time round, oh uh, yeah. Oh, wait till you see it this time. He's done a full remodel, and it's like <laughs> that guy man is wild. Well, awesome fellas, thanks a bunch. Um, 
Uh, it was, I really appreciate having you on for this little mini interview. And Ronnie, why don't you take us out? Well, remember, always keep countercharging. And now I'm being joined by the wonderful Matt Selleck, the uh, the real brains behind Direct Misfire, one of our fellow podcasts and creator of magnificent not only audio but now YouTube content. Thanks for mm. joining us, Matt. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, great name, by the way. I'm yeah. not sure that uh, Benson would agree that uh, I'm the brains behind it all, but uh, I'll take it. Well, Benson's not on here, is it? Is he? So you know, he could just cop it. <laughs> very true very yeah. true <laughs> what have you been up to mate you guys are setting records for the amount of content you're releasing to two uh, army reviews in the space of a week or two yeah i've definitely had the whip out on the other two hugh and benson so cracking along and i know that the community sort of likes our different style of uh, reviews so yeah done two in two months and i think we've got three three out in in the space of two months as well. So it's a record for us, not for you guys. No, no, that, that is a record, you know, and I'm enjoying it. I love listening to your army reviews, um, especially where, you know, the bits where Benson sounds completely disinterested and just wants to get to the end. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh does fade pretty quick on some of those longer longer recordings. But, uh, no, he does all right. Uh, and um, so today we're uh, we're having a quick chat. You know, it's our 500th episode. Um mm. Just wanted to know kind of what you felt of Countercharge, what it had brought to the community uh, over the period of time we've been recording and that yeah. you've been involved with Kings. Yeah, so been involved with Kings now for a couple of years. Um, and like Countercharge, what, what can you say is like they were around before before I even started and uh, for the second best podcast, uh, you guys do all right. <laughs> so. uh, do you get much time to listen to us or do you only listen to yourself? No, I think it's important to, to sort of listen to every other bit of content because realistically we have to work as a team. I know it sounds a bit bit funny when and I I know that some people see us as rival podcasts and things like that, but I think we actually complement each other quite well. Yeah. Um, so you guys obviously have a lot more content that you're getting out there more frequently. Um, and like for, for my side and, and Benson and Hugh and Spoon back in the day, uh, it was definitely more about getting some quality content and um, trying to have a different lens um, than what Countercharge is putting out. And uh, I think if you combine both of our podcasts together, I think we give this wide variety of competitive play all the way through to fluffy and um, fun choices, I guess, and different reviews. And I think we complement each other quite well. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think in the end, a lot of it comes down to different opinions, right? So it's nice to hear different, you know, opinions aren't facts. So, um, you know, it's nice to hear a little bit of different from, from different places. Mm. No, yeah. I, th I think we definitely have a, a wide array of uh, opinions on, on units and uh, the community lets us know when we stuff something up. So that's always <laughs> good. Yeah, feedback's so good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah no you need it you need it and yeah. like on every single one of the podcasts we always say hey let us know what we've missed or things like that so it's good 
Yeah, yeah, and uh, like you say, we do. You know, do I certainly listen to all your guys' stuff because I enjoy the local content. I think there's always room for for more content, but I know with particularly you guys because you like the army reviews as well. I'll often chat to you and say, look, this is probably what's going to come out with next. You, you know, yeah. we don't we don't want to release the same army at the same time. What do you guys got on the go? Yeah, we. That, I think that happened last year. Um, so we sort of lined up what we were going to do, and we had to move around a couple of our reviews to not sort of have the same content out at exactly the same time. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, we sort of tweak it a little bit. Not mm. too bad. Yeah. So uh, tell us, what do you, do you have any plans for what's coming up? I'm loving the video stuff that you're doing. Yeah, so I'm looking at, at the moment where I'm just literally writing down on my pad um, around a couple of more reviews and, and things like that. So getting the community to come out and vote on new armies to keep going. So we want to try and keep pushing through. Um, as many army reviews as we possibly can. Um, we're going to have some other little more instructional videos, I guess, um, and helpful videos to come out. And obviously uh, any sort of tournaments that come up, um, just like Clash of Kings 22, um, if we can put together some videos for that um, to help out the community, just get get it out there. I think that's what we're trying to do. Outside of that, um, I know that Benson's looking for some information out of Mantic at the moment to... Uh, do another actual Podbean or podcast version as well. So, yeah, lots of content uh, on the go and lots of planning um, on the way. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, and we've we've mentioned a couple of times on our 500th episode, which we've just finished recording um, and we'll be dropping this in, is the amount of work sometimes that it can take. Give us an idea. How long does one of those videos take for your for, that you kind of align to what you've done on the actual podcast? Yeah, sure. So... Obviously, there's probably around uh, two and a half hours of recording that, that happens. And then from that, we edit down all the audio, which obviously you've got to listen back through it all and cut it all out and clean it all up, um, which which definitely takes some time. So a couple of hours there on top of that. Um, and then I go into the video. So that's that's where I sort of come in heavily. Um, and, yeah, that, that takes like seven, eight, nine, ten hours, depending upon how fancy I get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a fair bit of effort. So, you know, appreciate the effort you put into putting more content out there for Kings, mate. Uh, anytime. anytime. As I said, it's we're sort of working together as one big community and I've played a lot of games over the last couple of decades and uh, this is one of the warmest communities that I've ever been a part of, so it's good. Yeah, awesome. And we're looking to move into a bit more video too, but not, you know, not crossing that space that you're doing as well. So hopefully there'll be a bit more video out there in the future. Yeah, let's keep yeah. it going. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, mate, and I really appreciate your time. No, congratulations on the 500th episode, guys. You're doing a massive job for the community. All right. Thanks, mate. See ya. And here I am with the venerable Jonathan Forks, all the way from the UK. Uh, how are you going, John? Venerable? Are yeah. you trying to say I'm old, Matt? No, 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 no. Just, just very, just very wise and respected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because obviously, yes, because fanatics. I'm absolutely respected on that as a. Uh, so often, yes. as, as, <laughs> as 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 an admin, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't believe you! Can't believe you! 
you uh, muted me for that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. And for our um, for our newer listeners that might not might not remember, is you you were one of the the um. Oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? One of the originators of the of the Four Foot Snake podcast and then YouTube channel. Uh, so uh, can we expect that being revived anytime soon, John? I see there's a there's a tournament coming up with the Stothers. Is that right? Yes, yeah. There's the uh, it's a twelve uh, FFS mm-hmm. um, coming up. Uh, it's a forty person tournament in the UK, so it's full now. Um, so we're all looking forward to it. In uh, when is it? September. 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 Okay. September. Yeah, September. great. September. Yeah. I, I don't know when it is. I, I, this is why this is why I don't organise it. We get Jan to do all the organising because yeah. she's she's more organised. Um, and Dan and I will be live streaming the commentary from it um, as and traditional as tradition uh, allows for um, for four foot snake commentary. I start off reasonably coherent and sober, and usually by about halfway through game two. I'm on pint number eight or nine, and the conversation <laughs> gets a little bit more juicy. Yeah. Um, and the, the tactical tactical acumen of Dan and myself becomes much more into just laughing at each other as we get more and more drunk. Oh. So, um, yes, we'll be back on live streaming um, for that. We did a bit of live streaming over the uh, lockdown period with some uh, UB games, which was, which was great fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Um, apart from when I lost to uh, Elliot Moorish um, in a live game that I streamed, where I rolled double one three or four times. Uh, <laughs> I've just lost, and I can't believe it. I was like, I got so close to beating Elliot. I was, I was buzzing for it, buzzing for it, but ah. pretty filthy. Oh, I look forward to that. I'll, I'll definitely be uh, in the comments section of that with you and Dad and uh, Dad, <laughs> you and Dad, you and Dan. <laughs> uh, are you going to say something about there? Are you trying to? Are you trying to suggest something? No, <laughs> not at all. So uh, one thing I wanted to ask is: Is it true that Four Foot Snakes not named after you? <laughs> that's 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 the, well, well, that's the little say? rumor I, going I, around. I, I, I've only got one leg. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, you've done pretty well in life so far with that one leg, absolutely John. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, look, so as part of our 500th episode, we're just um, getting people's feelings on countercharge and you know some of their memories and what they feel it brings to the community. Have you got any thoughts there for me, mate? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a great. It's a great achievement, actually, 500 episodes. Um, that's some serious dedication by Rob and, and you lot. Um, and I've met Rob a couple of times now. Um, and he's, he's, he's as, he, I would say he's as pleasant on, on, in real life as he is in, uh, on, uh, online. But to be fair, I won't say pleasant. Um, he's exactly the same online as he is in real life. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he can be, you know, he's, he's, got, he's got a wonderful, wonderful sense of humour and massive sarcasm. And I think that's that's some, somewhat needed. So he does tell it like it is on there. And that's what I like about Counter Charge is it's not, you know, it, it doesn't suck up to Mantic um, too much, which is great. It gives an honest opinion, which is great. And he calls out some some shitty behaviours and shitty ideas and shitty people, um, which I think is, is really useful as well as a, a group. Oh, yes, I my my I mean, I've, I've been I I think I've been on a couple of times, three times perhaps. Yeah, it must be, must be about time to get you back on again. I'd say. <laughs> no, I've, I've nothing more to say. To be honest, I'm not. Uh, I, I know uh, I don't get involved in much of the uh, much of the gaming scene now in the UK. I'm I'm too busy doing other things. But uh, it's uh, and uh, my hobby skills are somewhat limited, so I don't I don't hit the Jeremy uh, hobby guru type uh type stuff so but um it's always good to listen to it um 
I do enjoy quite listening to to the episodes. I particularly like uh, the army reviews and and digging into that and the um that's that's usually the best bits for me. Yeah, well, see, the benefit of not being an elite hobbyist like Jeremy is that you complete more than one army every four years. Uh, this is true. Mm. Yes, yes. Although, although I am, uh, I, I've I've switched my allegiance over the uh, last few months. I've been painting up some some uh, 40k stuff rather than uh, uh, Kings of War, but I've. I'm starting to get back into it again, ready now for the new season starting. I think you know, it's just nice to get ready for um, for Clash of Kings in uh, October and the uh, It's a Troll for Fuck's Sake, um, which is uh, coming up in September. So, yeah, lots of things to get ready for now. So I need to start getting my, my armies together and working out what I'm going to play. Yeah, great. All right, well, we appreciate you putting some time aside for us. Uh, we're no dropping this in amongst a bunch of other, you know, personalities <laughs> from the community, John. <laughs> and um, you know, and and if and if anyone wants to get away with something on fanatics, what's 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 the best um, what's um, what's the best bribe that they can give you? Uh, usually, it's a decent bottle of red wine. Is okay. the uh, yeah. is the one? Um, and uh, don't get into a, don't get into an argument with me after around nine o'clock in the evening, particularly on a Friday or Saturday, because by that point there, I've usually had <laughs> quite a lot of the red wine, and I'm not in the mood for arguing with people by that point. So I just tend to. In fact, you probably see the um, the band profile uh, is very, very sort of like almost mirrors my alcohol consumption. What can I say? What can I, what can I say? People become very belligerent when I've had alcohol. With with with, with great with, <laughs> with great power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be fair, the, the community's been been pretty good at, over um for for quite some time now. So I'm touching wood at the time when I'm saying this that um that I, I'm not checked in the last hour whether anybody's kicked off on something. But um, mm. no, I agree. I think on average, fanatics has been a little bit better. Yeah, mm. I think people have been more um more forgiving of uh not jumping down people's throats as, as, as readily as, as they have done. Mm. Um, but there's still some contentious issues, um, which, which always cause, uh, some degree of a palaver, but they tend to be now actually more related to the wider wargaming community rather than particular Kings of war. I mean, the latest ones about, um, uh, gatekeeping mm. and the behaviors of people in, you know, trying to keep my, keep other people out of the hobby or, or, you know, not being very welcoming and, mm. This is, a, this is an issue that the uh, the community has, and I think the uh, that really good Dash Twenty Eight article looking at names are really funny by mm. uh, by Brinton, but actually it, it's it's really interesting because I think if you look if you tracked names uh, attendee name by when that name was popular in in the last 30, 40 years, you could probably put a really good demographic track of mm. what the Kings of War community is, and that we are all well vast majority was uh, uh, white between the ages of 30 and 50. Yep. Uh, and that. And primarily know, that, men. Just, yeah. And yeah. Male, yeah. And, mm. and that's, and that's mm. the, uh, that's the demographic we're working with currently. And I think we need to expand as a, as a community out into the other, into other areas. You know, we need to, uh, we need to engage wider uh, and to work out why, you know, why we have so many Daves and Collins and Keiths at uh, events um, and not enough Catherine's and, um, Ifrazes and and so on and Mohammeds. So yeah, yeah. and I think I think that's a really good point, right? And you can, you know, the easy road is to say, oh well, I am welcoming, you know, blah blah blah. Mm. I I do this, but if they're not there, there's obviously a problem, right? So yeah. it's so so it's worth taking a look and saying, well, what else could we do? You know, maybe there's something in my language that 
you know, doesn't sit well from the other side. You know, it's not about what you think. It's what about the other side thinks. Yeah, it's perception. Yeah. It's how, it's how, they, it's how they view you. You can be as nice and as pleasant as anything, but if your mannerisms, behaviours and attitudes are uh, are not are seen as in the wrong way, perhaps out of context, perhaps in different, just a slightly different context, um, then that can be a, um, a negative for yeah. people and, and people are getting interested. But yeah, it was quite, you know, when, when Brinton did that, I thought, and it was, it was really funny because there was a lot of Keiths and Keith almost died out in, was almost died out in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I look back at when Keith was popular, it was like 1960s and 70s. And I thought, so that'd be somewhere around 50 now, yeah. like 50, 55. I thought, yeah. well, there's quite a lot of our community are in that sort of late, you know, the, 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 that sort of time. And I do wonder where the part of it is because the hobby can be so expensive. Mantic less so, but the hobby itself is, requires a, 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 a degree of disposable income. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, yeah, when, when have... kids, sorry, you go. No, I say that tends to tends to come as as children get older uh, and you've got more free time. So, yeah, I think so. Um, having said that, you know, more kids seem to get into GW than they do. Uh, so, I, I, yeah, I think it's a it's a complex thing, right? So, um... if there was a quick fix, then GW would have found a way of doing it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right, you, can't, you well, can't please everybody. Right, anyway, Matt, yeah, great talking to you and uh, good luck to everybody at Counter Charge and let's hope for another 500 more episodes. Thanks, I'll mate. I'll see the thousandth one. And, Thank you. Uh, and hopefully I can get out to uh, see Rob and everybody else. On the, and uh, Ultimately, Matt, even all the way to Australia, I know I was supposed to be trying to get out last year to yep. Australia, but uh, yep. we, I will be looking at that when we can all travel again. Yeah, it'll depend on when we lower the fences, I'd say. <laughs> well, and, and America, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, mate, appreciate your time. No worries, Matt. See ya. Good talk. See ya, bye-bye. And we're back here with our episode 500 celebration with the Brain Trust at Winged Hussar Publishing. So I'd like to welcome Vince Rosbond and Brandon Rosbond to the show. How are you guys doing tonight? Great, Mark. It's always good to talk to you. It better, it'll be better to see you at some point. That will be Adepticon 2022, my friend. I am so looking forward to it. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Do you guys have an insight on Adepticon? Do you think it's coming or have you heard anything? I don't have any insight, but I feel like it's going to be coming. So we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. There you go. Positive vibes, Moriarty, right? We got to have those positive waves. <laughs> well, guys, we wanted to have you on the show because you're such a big part of Countercharge and we couldn't uh, imagine having the celebration without you. So if somebody's been living in a cave and they don't know what Winged Hussar Publishing is, can you guys let me know and let the audience know, you know what significance you have in the Kings of War community? So we are the publishers that work directly with Mantic to produce the um, lore novels. So we produce, uh, you know, single books. We produce books that tie in with Mantic's big overarching story. Um, we work with members of the community to to talk with to try to find authors in the community and produce novels out of their ideas um and we, like i said we work directly with the head of the lore at mantic to make sure that every novel that we produce is lore accurate and you know 
Nothing needs to be retconned. So everything you read from us is canon in the Kings of War universe. Um, we have a couple different novels out already. We have a Basilean novel out by Mark Barber called Steps to Deliverance. We have a uh, Trident Realm novel by uh, Countercharge Narrative Workshop's own Ben Stoddard. Um, we have a Armada novel out called Pious by Mark Barber. And then we have a Forces of Nature, Brother Mark type novel called uh, Nature's Night by a culmination of different authors. And we also have a short story uh, anthology by a whole bunch of our veteran authors in our company. We do ebooks, so we, we run the gambit. In addition to that, we also do history books, uh, reference, and uh, just general history, which usually ends up coming in handy when you're trying to paint figures, because a lot of them are full color and uh, big size, so you can, you can see the detail on them. But we run the gamut between history, science fiction, and fantasy. And in addition to the uh, Kings of War, we also do a Dread Bowl novel, and a, uh, we're coming out with uh, one of the sci-fi novels. Is that correct, Bran? Uh, yeah, we're reprinting Christopher Verspeak's First Strike, and we're turning that into a trilogy. Um, First Strike was originally published under Mantix IP, and since we're doing novels for them, we've adopted it into our catalog. We're fa- uh, freshening it up a little bit and then doing a trilogy for him. And then besides that, we also, besides the uh, Mantic books, uh, we also do uh, novels for other games such as Infinity, Beyond the Gates of Antares, and Ethereum. In addition to that, if you uh, poke around the Wing Tassar uh, website, you'll find Countercharge Journal Number 1, which uh, we had up there. And I want to thank you guys. It's one of our favorite Countercharge memories here that we're celebrating is uh, our Countercharge Journal going up. And unfortunately, we lost our editor when the edition changed when he dropped out of the game. So, well, we're still working on another editor. But that's another story for another podcast. So, But uh, you guys also have... Uh, a web store up that I think sells Mantic products as well, right? Yes, uh, we we have uh, um, besides the novels we, and and the ebooks, we also sell a certain range of um, figures that tie into that. And usually they're at prices that are affordable and acceptable for people to go up there and look at them and, and try to try to pick them up. And we get we get stuff out to people within a day or two. It's uh, whpsupplyroom.com. Fantastic. So you guys are frequent guests in the narrative workshop. So do you guys have any favorite counter charge memories, Brandon? So my favorite counter charge memory wasn't necessarily on the show per se, but my, but I really enjoyed meeting you the first time because we really wanted to get our claws into the community. We really wanted to get to know people and let people know, Hey, you know, one of the things when we do novels in, games is we don't want to be intrusive we want to be able to get to know the people in the community and say hey we want to work with you guys and you know be a part of the community as well so i remember going on a couple podcasts for a couple of our other stuff in the past but i really wanted to find somebody big in the community so i was talking with i, don't know, I think i was talking with ronnie and he's like oh go talk to mark Zelensky over there he runs countercharge it's a great great kings of war podcast and so i remember we hunted you down introduced ourselves and it, it was a very fond memory in getting to know you and getting to, you know, introduce ourselves to the community. Oh, that's wonderful. So, Vince, any uh, countercharge memories? Favorite episode? Well, I think it was the first one we were on where we, you gave us the opportunity to really talk about what we were doing and introduce us to the community. And um, very welcoming. And, you know, you've been welcoming having us back, especially Bran, 
back uh, on a couple of episodes since then. So that to me is is in general what we we've loved about uh, working with you on this. Yeah, just in general, I, you know, I really appreciate everything that Countercharge does for the community. It's really cool having, you know, the different segments that you guys have, especially with the narrative workshop where, you know, Ben was already a part of all that and working with you guys. And we were able to, you know, work with him to help him produce his own novel. And now he's working on some bigger lore projects for Mantic. So it, it's like we took we borrowed one of your writers for the narrative workshop and helped him evolve into like writing for the game and writing lore to improve the story of the, to further the story of the game. So it, it's really cool. I love going on every narrative workshop that I'm on because even though I have a tendency to ramble, I love hearing what you guys have to say. And I love talking with you guys and giving us a space to, you know, talk about the behind the scenes. It's a lot of fun. Well, I mean, Brandon and Vince, we've kind of borrowed you guys too as uh, you know, contributors basically for the show. So it's great having you guys. So, you guys are always welcome on the show. Absolutely. So, and you'd hit on a very interesting point, Brandon. I mean, you and Vince have picked up a number of members of the community to write the future upcoming Kings of War novels. So, yeah, it's been fun, like learning people in the community and uh, getting to know people's styles and, you know, what armies people like. And it, one of the things we did to help kind of garner some more members is we did um, during the height of COVID, we did a short story contest and that was able, that allowed me to see what some of the would be authors in the community had in their skill set. And we actually picked up two or three authors, uh, Danny Graves and Riley Nadeau. Those two are signed on with books. Um, I think there might be one or two we had been talking with besides them, but you know, we, we picked up some people who were fans of the game and in the community and know their stuff. And we help. It's like a, it's like a hand in hand process. You know, they help us fill a slot with new authors and new content, new views. And we help them by you know, publishing a novel in a game that they love. So it's, it's a lot of fun meeting people in the community and working with them. This whole grand vision that we have. And that's great, Brandon. Now, I mean, one of the other things is you take submissions from the community. Uh, how would someone reach out to you if they have an idea for a novel? So right now our schedule is pretty backlogged. We're pretty booked up until 2022, maybe even 2023. Um, but I love to look at submissions and love to see the caliber of writing that the community has. You know, not every um, submission that somebody sends will be chosen because we have to work with Mantic. To, you know, first it has to be, all right, what kind of quality does this author have? All right, they're good quality. So now I pass it on to Mantic. Mantic does the lore check? Is it work? Does it not work? They say yay, nay. They might say rework this part and then resubmit it. Um, they might just say this idea doesn't work. The person has to start from scratch. Um, but they can send it to our editor's email, editorwhp at gmail.com. They will submit it to our editor. Our editor will then forward it to me. Or if you're on Facebook, you know, I'm in the community. You can send me a direct message on Facebook and we can talk about it. There's all sorts of people who have the capabilities of writing but they don't know where to start and they don't know what to do so i always welcome people to reach out to me talk to me talk about ideas that they have and then we can work on how to get something submitted and you know it might be somebody who has a really awesome skill set and they just don't know where to go and i we've developed a lot of really good connections with our authors like that mark barber uh who is our flagship kings of war writer he was just a fan submission in an anthology we were doing for Beyond the Gates of Antares. I picked him up and said, you know, I really liked your writing. And, you know, he's been with us through a couple different franchises, but he came to us 
as somebody who did writing for game companies for rule books and stuff, but never actually published a novel. And we, I really appreciated his talent and he's been with us along the way, the whole way. So there are hidden gems in the community who might not know their skills, but I can see what works and what doesn't work. And speaking of novels, Vince, I think you have a contest to celebrate 500 episodes of Countercharge. Right. So we're going to put a contest up on the Facebook page of the Fanatic and the uh, Countercharge Facebook pages. We're going to take uh, at random a couple of people from each of them and we're going to send out free books. What better way to celebrate than free books? So that'll be fantastic. I really appreciate it. Guys, I appreciate you coming on and celebrating with us. And, uh, you know, everybody, just uh, keep your ears open. There's some great stuff coming from Wing Tassar Publishing in the very near future. And, you know, tune into the Narrative Workshop. I think you'll really enjoy listening to Brandon and Vince as we discuss all the novels that come out of their shop and a heck of a lot more. So, all right, guys. Well, again, thank you for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Always a pleasure. Yes, thanks, Mark. Hey, this is Stephen Bonacore, the podfather of gaming, and a big congratulations to Mark, Rob, the entire Countercharge crew on their 500th episode. 500! That's amazing. But it's kind of quantity over quality, because you see, Board Games Insider with Ignacy Chevichek and Stephen Bonacore just recorded their 200th episode. So if you want a quality podcast, come over and listen to Board Games Insider, and you know, you can listen to Countercharge, too. All right. Continuing on with our episode 500 celebration, I have brought together the entire Narrative Workshop team. So let's welcome Felix Castro and Ben Stoddard to the show. How you doing tonight, Felix? Good, good. Uh, we've got a one-day tournament tomorrow, so I was helping uh, Mike Carter, who's the TO for that event set up uh we're, we're playing in a park so should be fun yeah that's the pioneer or something like that right yeah pioneer plunder at the village because it's the pioneer village is the name of the it's a kind of a living history type park in southwest ohio so yeah it's this small event i think it's i think it's gonna be a max of like 10 people but you know for one day's events you know it's not too bad you gotta start somewhere you know recovering from the past year in terms of the lack of tournaments we've had in, in the state of Ohio. So I'll take it. It's something. Absolutely. It kind of sounds narrative. So do they have a little narrative thread going through that? No, just I think right now it's just I think people are just going to be thankful just to get a tournament in, <laughs> you know, get multiple games in in a day. So nothing yet, but hopefully we can start building a little bit more narrative uh, stuff into uh, events because I know uh, – a lot of the one-dayers that we'd had pre-pandemic, you know, had a slight narrative thread, whether it's through a special character or, you know, a storyline on one of the scenarios or something. But just for right now, just keeping it basic, just, you know, easing us all back into tournament play. So Very cool. So, um, Ben, what have you been up to? Just getting ready for my tournament that's coming up in uh, three months now. It's two-day, and he says that it's only going to be ten people. Well... That I, I would kill for a one day with ten people around here. So I'm just I'm just saying. 
Right, that's fair. (laughs) Count your blessings. Speaking of counting our blessings, we're here to celebrate 500 episodes of Countercharge. So, Felix, do you have any memories? I mean, you joined us here in the narrative workshop and, you know, stuff like that. But any anything, any thoughts, any things you want to share with us? I mean, honestly, it's kind of like, you know, uh, I think it was at Adepticon where you first kind of broached the idea of doing an episode with me just because of some interest in, in narrative, uh, the lore aspects of the game. Uh, so I, I do remember that. I don't forget that. And then uh, this might appear on some of the other lists of people, but just the uh, the Duncan Road sort of coup that we got out of the workshop. <laughs> it's not quite narrative workshop, but still it was a bit of a coup that we did that completely caught all the other hosts off guard. That was a bit of a, a chuckle memory because they weren't expecting it. So that's kind of it in terms of the other stuff, the more lore uh, related stuff. It's always nice bringing in the authors uh, to kind of talk about, you know, kind of their thought processes. There's a lot of syllables in that one, but their, you know, their thoughts behind creating a certain stuff and how they, you know, did certain narratives within the storyline. So that's, that's always pretty fun. So. Yeah, we really did have a good time with that Duncan Rhodes episode. We kept that totally under wraps. Uh, we told nobody about that. You know, Felix, uh, we had so many technical problems during that episode. It was unbelievable. We really did. We really did. It didn't show in the final product, but uh, thank you so much for keeping Duncan entertained. I didn't know how much juggling you could actually do, but it was terrific. So, but uh, yeah, that was a real uh, show. Uh, Real uh, bleep show, trying to get that going with the technical difficulties. But we pulled it off. I remember I had to pull my laptop up. I had to come all the way from the basement, all the way to my desk upstairs on the top floor of my home. And I had the laptop balancing on an open drawer hanging out of there. And my mouse was balancing off of a legal pad that was balanced on another drawer I had pulled out. It was a wacky situation. And uh, that call dropped several times and but i think if you listen to the show you really can't tell that we had any trouble whatsoever so and and honestly i mean he he's as nice as he seems uh i i had no issues talking with him we drifted off to a bunch of different topics uh and it was just it, it was fun we, we we ended up talking about the witcher for a little bit so it was it was because i think I, at the time i had just finished watching the netflix season one of the witcher and so we were just talking about that and just very personable guy so it was really not you know darn tortured getting to talk to duncan Rhodes for a little bit extra longer uh, of a time but no it was it was it was it was a really fun time that's a kind of a memory i'll have so absolutely ben i mean uh we've had you in the workshop for a long time uh turned into a novel career <laughs> so uh any good memories Oh, a lot of them, actually. Like you said, it's largely in part to the Narrative Workshop and International Campaign Day and all that kind of stuff in this this community in general that I was able to actually fulfill one of those bucket list lifelong dreams of writing a book and actually now writing multiple books and having them published. That's That's been a big thing. Um, as far as memories go specifically, I still remember our first episode that we did where we discussed where we were – starting to go through all the different races and just kind of digest all of the lore that we could on each of the the factions and the races. And I remember our first episode was Basilea or Basalia or however we're supposed to say it now. And how back then, it, I, I, I remember we had a much bigger 
cast for that one. Like we had a lot more people um, that were in there and just by natural attrition, it's come down to Felix and me and you. And I remember in that first episode, it was just a bunch of people sharing ideas and different things that we found in the lore and just different, just a really cool conversation that went on for hours, it felt like. And that was, that was a lot of fun because I hadn't experienced anything like that outside of like a, a college class kind of thing where we were just allowed to share ideas and bounce things off of each other and all that kind of stuff and just play around with the world and kind of get, just generate ideas of, oh, that'd be a really cool army if we did that. And then there's this aspect of that that would be really cool and just going through that and all that kind of thing. That's like my the bread and butter. I love that kind of stuff. So that that was definitely one of the one of my fond memories. And of course, any memory or any episode where we got to discuss one of the books and talk about that, I look forward to doing more of those in the future, both as author and as interviewer of other authors. I think that's a blast to do. So a lot of good memories. Absolutely. That first episode, I think we had five of us on there. And yes, that was that was quite the episode. And, you know, we talked about a lot of different things. And back then there was really no lore at all. And we were literally making it up. And then we came up on the idea of putting the countercharge journal together. And then we selected an editor for that, and then they got too busy, and then they couldn't lay it out, and blah, blah, blah. And then we finally got uh, Tim Roller to help out with that, uh, and then we finally published that. That's one of my good memories. We finally got a countercharge journal up, uh, which was fine. I think you can go still find that on the Wingtasar uh, website. Yeah, I'd love to bring that back and continue that going. Unfortunately, Tim couldn't continue as editor, and I know I've mentioned it a couple of times on the show, and nobody stepped up to do it. So I think I had a couple of people to edit. I take that back, but nobody to do the publishing work. So if we could ever find a layout person, uh, we've got a couple of editors, and I know we've got a stockpile of writers. We've definitely got a place to publish the journal on the web. So uh, it would be nice to bring that back again. So, But, you know, for myself, that was that first episode was a lot of fun. That was so many different people, and we were shooting it around, and uh Oh, we could have written army books back then with just all the lore we were putting together. We were talking about that at one time, too. So Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. You know, we got to figure out what we're going to do for the future. We were talking about the lore out of the book. We actually did an episode on that, and then uh, another podcast started doing that. So we dropped out of that and started doing some other stuff. So we'll have to figure out what's going on. Uh, I know we've got, always got the authors in Wing Tassar. We'll definitely be bringing that coverage to you. And then um, hopefully uh, we'll get Narrative Campaign Day back. Hopefully we'd love to do some audio dramas. Those were fun. That was one of my good memories, too when we had the audio drama done for us, that was a lot of fun. That was a good memory too. That was also fun hearing somebody bring to life the stuff that I'd written and, and, and act it out and all that kind of stuff. That was a great memory too. Like I said, lots of good memories. Lots of good memories. So, and a lot of good future memories are going to be made too. So, well guys, thanks for joining me to celebrate episode 500. And I'm looking forward to more episodes of the narrative workshop in the near future.
Hey, Countercharge crew, Eric Summer here from the Dice Tower. Big congratulations on episode 500. I know how amazing an accomplishment that is, what kind of dedication and time it takes to get to that point. So well done. And of course, Mark, my friend, I miss hanging out with you at conventions. Uh, One of these days, I'm going to make it out to Origins once again, and we can hang out and play some terrible war game that I got for review, and you're the only expert I know. Anyway, congrats. And welcome back. All right. Well, and our next special guest here on our episode 500 celebration is a man who needs no introduction because he's responsible for us being here in the first place. And that is Alessio Cavatore. How are you doing this morning, Alessio? I'm all right, guys. How are you? And I have Alex here with me. And uh, so we just wanted to chat with you a little bit, Alessio. First, thank you for making our favorite game. Yeah. Well, I guess some 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 of that goes to Ronnie, really. But uh, yes, um, it was fun to help. Absolutely. Well, there is nobody that is more responsible for episode 500 of Counter Charge than you, because well, you did the game that we're all playing. So we're very very excited about that. So we'll have to have you back for a full blown episode and catch up with you very very soon. So cool. Sounds good. Yeah. So Alessia, you've been with us and the game since the very beginning. What are some of your favorite countercharge memories? I think you were on like episode five, so you've been here the whole time. What do you think? Was your <laughs> well, it's most... always fun. <laughs> you know, I, I like talking about uh, myself, uh, <clears throat> and so I enjoy <laughs> this kind of stuff. And I have to say, the the memories of telling the story about Ronnie uh, and the the eight pages bet uh, when we did the the, the, the initial uh, manuscript for Kings of War is always. I mean, it was fun that uh, I mean, your reactions and uh, everybody's reaction really when I when I tell the story is um, I think you you were saying that if somebody has not heard that story, we could tell it again. Yeah, that would be great. I think it's a kind of like a, a founding moment of the game, right? So it's it's very fundamental to the history of why we're all together enjoying this community. So why don't you go ahead and retell it, uh, Lesio? How did uh, Kings of War come to be? Basically, Ronnie came to me to say, well, I need a war game system, fantasy battles. And uh, I thought about it and said to Ronnie, well, okay, I'll write you a rule system in eight pages because I don't think you need more pages than that. And we were talking A5 pages, so not even <laughs> deep pages, uh, American letter size pages. No, sorry, that would be half letter. Uh, so A5 is half a letter. And so basically, he kind of doesn't look very excited about the whole prospect of the eight pages. And uh, but on the other hand, he thinks is you know he's, he's going to get something very quick and easy and relatively cheap because of the eight pages. So he goes, well, okay, yeah, let's, let's see what we get. And I write Kings of War and I deliver it to him. And they play it. We play tested. We just basically the game worked. <laughs> and and Ronnie confessed to me this uh, later that he was expecting a kids game, something that basically he could use as a as a teaser, as a maybe as a bit of a marketing thing, literally just to use my name and goes like, yeah, there is this intro thing, but then there will be a real game, you know. This is the thing, but there will be a proper war game later, you know, the, uh, uh, after you pass this little intro thing. But actually, it turns out that no, the proper war game was there in eight pages, and they couldn't believe it. <laughs> and they were like, you brought a war game in eight pages, and I was like. Yes, that's what we agreed, right? But but 
I thought you were going to get me a, I don't know, checkers. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> so yes, that was the, the moment of disbelief that was quite quite funny to, to witness, basically. That's great. I always say that Kings of War is the game that I always wanted to play growing up and through all, you know all the different mass battle games we've played you know through childhood and and adulthood and just like it just you've just you distilled it successfully into like the basic core that still lends itself to have great depth like it's like that perfect balance in my mind and that's why I think the community has kind of really taken to the game. You said uh, something that is very true there is the the, the simplicity of the rules, the, the conciseness of the rules, the, the fact that the rules are not lengthy and there's not a lot of it doesn't actually detract from the depth. In a way, in my opinion, it kind of is the other way around. Uh, and I always make the same metaphor here, the same parallel. I kind of got right, chess. How many pages of rules? Is the game deep? <laughs> <laughs> there is that, you know, like so it, this equation that the the amount of rules equals deepness of game. I don't agree to the, with that. Uh, I think it's the other way around. Well, there is a lot there to explore, Alessia. Like I said, we'll uh, definitely have you back on the show to uh, explore that in depth. So, but again, thank you so much for joining us here for our episode 500 celebration. Uh, again. Thank you so much. You're one of the favorite bumpers that we have on the show. I don't know if you remember that or not, but <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that was quite a funny one to do. I don't know how many takes of the like 17 million takes. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that many. It wasn't that many, but oh, it's a classic bumper. Try it again. Do we have, do we have bloopers as well of that? <laughs> you know, I'd have to go back and see if I still have that original tape somewhere. So <laughs> yeah. the attempts were many. <laughs> Hello, I'm Alessia Carthor. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. You remember it. That's terrific. Yeah, All right, Alessia. Well, thank you so much, and we will talk to you very, very soon. Speak later. Hey, I'm Alessio Cavatore, and you're listening to Counter Charge. Hey everyone, it's Mark. I hope you're enjoying the episode 500 celebration. And it's time for another contest. Yes, over on our Facebook group, we're going to be giving away some more resin half men from Westphalia Miniatures. Kawi sent me a selection of those miniatures. So go ahead and look for the thread on the Countercharge Facebook group page and go ahead and enter in there if you would like to get some half men from Westphalia Miniatures. And thank you, Kawi. An awesome giveaway here for our episode 500 celebration. Well, that was really great to hear from everyone. Thanks to everyone who did an interview with us. Let's talk about some stuff, some materialistic stuff. Uh, Mantic was really uh, great in coming on the show. You know, you heard it earlier in the episode on with Kyle and Ronnie, and they've been really gracious to donate five $100 web vouchers to honor our 500th episode. 
it's really, you know, just a great shout out to Mantic. Stay tuned to the Counter Charge Facebook page for all the details on how you could possibly win one of those vouchers. That information will be coming out uh, along with this show. So, again, shout out to Mantic. That's a really generous offer. And what better way to uh, get a new army coming? You know, Clash of Kings is on its way. Start getting all those models together. Yeah. So make sure you uh, stay tuned to the show notes and the Facebook page for more information on how you can win one of those vouchers. And thanks again to the Pretzel Twinkie and to Ronnie and to Mantic. Uh, I mean, that's great, guys, right? $100. That gets you started really on getting a whole new army going. Absolutely. You know, the next thing we're going to talk about is is definitely a little bittersweet. You know, we've reminisced a little bit on where we've been, and now I think it's time to talk a little bit about uh, where we're going. So uh, I'm going to let the man himself speak for himself. So I'm going to shoot it over to you, Mark. Uh, I know you have an announcement for our audience. Yes, it's a kind of a sad announcement, but, uh, you know, uh, a happy one, I guess, maybe in a way, too. But... Uh, Folks, I'm going to go ahead and retire as an active host uh, here on Countercharge. Uh, I guess I'll do the host emeritus thing, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I just got a lot of stuff going on, and you know I've been doing podcasting for a very long time. I started back in 2007, so I've got uh, 490 episodes of uh, the Dice Tower under my belt, videos, etc. Uh, we had Mantic Radio. And, uh, you know, now 500 episodes of Countercharge. So, uh, you know, I've been doing this for a very long time. And it's come to the point where, um, you know, it's time to kind of hang it up for right now. And uh, so I'll still be around. I'll be in the community. I'll still be at conventions and stuff like that. I think my kids are looking forward to Origins this year where dad is not bringing a microphone and doing recordings and things like that and putting a show together. So, it's the first time I haven't had a press pass to Origins in a very long time, and uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just kind of time. So, and I know that we're going to be transitioning. We're got 500 episodes, and the guys are going to have some really new, exciting things for you guys coming up. And I'm just really excited for listening to it myself. And so that's really about it. So, if you guys don't know, uh, it was kind of alluded to in Alex's segment. Uh, Rob mentioned that this is a lot of work. So a typical hour and a half episode, because uh, I edit the way I do, will take me about nine hours. So I need to take those nine hours and put them to work doing something else. So uh, just with all the uh, family stuff I've got, uh, I've got some pivot points happening here in the family. I've got my youngest going off to college in the fall. Uh, that comes with it, all the associated expenses and time suck and everything else that goes along with it. Uh, but I'm planning on enjoying every minute of that. Uh, you know, uh, they chose a uh, six-year program, so I'm going to be in for the long haul. But I still plan on hitting a tournament. I still plan on doing Adepticon, uh, you know, and stuff like that as soon as things open up again in the world. And uh, hopefully we'll be around. So, But I really appreciate everybody. This is, uh, like we said, bittersweet. And, uh, you know, the guys will be putting together the show going forward and uh, we'll kind of go from there. But it's been a great ride. And, uh, you know, but I'm around. So, you know, if you give me a call or whatever, I'm sure I can blather. It's uh, just editing. I just I just don't have the time to do it anymore. So. 
Well, once a member of the family, all always a member of the family, Mark. Um, I mean, I know I'll always be thankful to, to you. You, uh, you. You brought me on my very first episode when we talked a little, uh, uh, what was it, uh, uh, KOW or CCKOWAWS, the Army Weekend Spectacular. So, I mean, uh, when I was getting After Dark going, I know a lot of people have really enjoyed the, the narrative workshops. And uh, it is a lot of work. And I think that's one thing that sometimes people, listeners don't realize just like how much work goes into the back end of getting these episodes out to you. But, you know, I mean, for me, you'll always be fantastic. So good luck in wherever uh, your adventure takes you next and good luck to your family. It's so great to see your kids, you know, growing up and, and doing great things and, you know, I'm excited. And just think you don't have to edit anymore. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> well, well, I've got a little bit left to do, but uh, then I'll be able to be done. But absolutely, like I said, I'm available for uh, talking. It's just uh, the editing part. So there were a few things that I didn't get to accomplish along, and we'll see uh, if they uh, spark up here with you guys with the uh, um you know, what you're going to be doing going forward. Like you said, Rob never lets moss grow underneath his feet. So, well, it's been great, Mark. You know, obviously it's been a long time. It's been, uh, uh, I started on Ohio hammer. I don't know. 2000. I don't know. A long time ago. I don't know when Ohio Hammer started and uh counter charge 2015. And it's been, uh, you know, it's been a long while ride. So you definitely be missed. So, and we appreciate all your, your effort all, all these years. Especially when it was just me and you for a long, long time. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Until, until Remember, we got, uh, yeah, we started Mantic Radio back in 2013. And, mm. uh, yeah, we, we, we've, we've done a lot of work together, Rob. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And then we got, and then we got our third amigo. Uh, and then we got smart and said, man, we got to hire some better talent. Um, and then Alex <laughs> snuck in. You know, I was so just, I just good <laughs> enough to make you guys realize you needed someone better, which has been the story of my life. <laughs> I guess that's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> or or look at it like this. Me, so then you're not, you're not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they added that. Well, I mean, or you could say that we had to add Mark. We had to add Matt and Alex to, to, to equal you, Jeremy, because you're such a great person. Well, now we have Alex. So if we ever go. Oh, to yeah. Space, we will have. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you know, hey. there's some truth to that. And it must be a Canadian thing. And I love it. It's you great. know what? We can't all talk the same. Eh. But I think I think the community really owes you a great debt, Mark. And I think we all appreciate your contributions to the Kings of War community over the years, and with, you know, especially with Countercharge and all your 500-point armies. And also, I think if you're if you're editing an hour and a half episode in nine hours, I could ask you for some editing tips. So. That's 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 pretty fast. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, the person to ask for editing tips is Bob, because I have no idea how he edits as fast as he does. It blows my mind how fast he can turn an episode compared to what I could do. So uh, actually we just yeah. need to ask Jake Cherapika because he doesn't edit at all, right? So that's the that's the I thought I was the perfect editor according to you. Well no oh, no, no. I, I'm not I'm gonna stay quiet now. I'm not gonna you know, I'm not gonna make the children fight. <laughs> Well, well, if we if we if we just did perfect episodes like unplugged, we wouldn't have to edit, right? Is that how it works? Well, no, just you just don't talk about Kings of War. That's the uh, trick. You just don't talk about Kings of War. 
Okay. <laughs> Look, Mark, um, you know, you're, well, you're probably the only reason I'm involved in Countercharge uh, from your shout out. I think you've been a, a big, well, the driving force and expanding it. You know, we know if it was left to Rob, he'd probably just sit there and listen to himself all day, right? He, he wouldn't have even got Jeremy on. A hundred percent. So, you know, I thank you for keeping me involved, Mark. You know, this has really kept me engaged through the hobby and involved with a great community, um, you know, through for myself some reasonably dark times over the last few years. And I think that's the great thing about, um, you know, we as a group is that we support each other, but also, you know, the, the wider community that you and Rob helped create and now we are helping to, you know, keep growing as we've crossed a thousand members now in our Facebook page. You know, I think like like Alex said, you know, the community owes you a debt of gratitude and I owe you a debt of gratitude for involving me. And, you know, I hope you enjoy getting all that editing time back. I certainly am because one of my plans is I'm going to use it for painting. So uh, I can't tell you the number of times I'm sitting there looking at it going, I should be painting right now. And you would think that you could paint while you're editing, but uh, no. You cannot. So uh, some some guests are easier to edit than others, but, uh, you know, there are uh, <laughs> certainly some challenges out there. But, uh, yeah, I've never mastered being able to paint and edit at the same time. So, Well, um, Alex accused you of having multiple 500-point armies. Do you have multiple 500-point painted armies? I was just – I'm not sure. Actually, I do. I have multiple 500-point armies painted. Absolutely. So, But now you've just got to play Kings of War. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> you know what? Actually, um, we played so much. And Colin and I actually did a, uh episode where we did a 500-point game, and we uh, did a play-by-play on the episode. God, that was a long time ago. But Colin and I, through second edition, played every Friday night. And, you know, when third edition came out, we played a few games and I think he just burned out a little bit. So, uh, you know, I get him to play sporadically. We tried a couple of games of Vanguard and he just, you know, it's equivalent to watching paint dry. So uh, he's uh, he's done with that. So but I'm looking forward to hearing uh, more content and stuff like that. And, you know, Jeremy, you brought up, you know, Countercharge Kings of War Army in a Weekend Spectacular was a great time. I completely forgot that as a best memory and uh, that you'll never match the magic of that first weekend. That was so cool. Yeah, November and, uh, 2015, I think it was a long time ago. That's when the ogre. That's when I made my ogre army. Yeah, I did a thousand points of ogres in the weekend. That's right. Was whining. They're all like, "You're only painting ogres." Well, nobody else finished. So, ha ha, you. (laughs) Yeah, and I got stuck painting that gold. I was out at the uh, stables back then um, uh, when one of the kids was riding, and I was there painting gold. That was my mistake. I didn't spray him gold. I hand painted him gold, so I failed. So, but uh, you know, nowadays. You know, back then, everybody was trying to rush to put an army on the table. Now, everybody's got these spectacular armies. So, you know, I mean, they even put the, the Kings of War countercharge army in a weekend spectacular in the one uh, Clash of Kings book. So we got a little nod out for that, too, you know, about knocking armies out. But, um, yeah, that was a special time. Very, very special time. You know, we had our own disc jockey. Uh, 
you know, Jake and Jess, uh, that episode that was almost as legendary as the rubber bands on After Dark. And uh, <laughs> so that was that was so much fun. Uh, I'll never, ever forget that. That was uh, such a good time. So had so many good times on the show with you guys. And I'm like I said, I'm not going anywhere. Hopefully I'll be chatting with you guys. And I know you're going to be busy putting out content. So I'm not going to be the first person you reach out to to talk to on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, I don't know if you know, folks, but we talk every day. And I mean, like a lot every day. So uh, that's the one thing I'll probably miss is the uh, sometimes you'd come in and you're like, 83 messages what is this <laughs> somebody's on a roll so but uh we've we've just had such a good time together you guys are such good friends to me and uh i hope it stays that way and uh, you know like i said i'll still be around but uh relaxing and enjoying a little more watching you guys work hard so yeah well thanks mark uh so we yeah. might swing into shout outs now uh rob you got any shout outs you know, I don't know, man. Like, who, I mean, I, I, well, you know what? I'll just say this. I think um, just thanks to the audience, right? They're the reason why we do this, right? If people weren't listening and people weren't giving you feedback and encouraging us, we would have stopped a long time ago. But it turned out like we were just churning out content and content, and these people were eating it up or listening it up, I guess, the better better way to describe it. But it just, uh, you know, and, and you, know, you said something earlier, you know, our, our Facebook page, has crossed a thousand people. And I think that may be the most exciting part, right? Like, do we have this, 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 this spot? If you haven't joined, please join the, the counter charge Facebook page, because I genuinely think that, and I'm not going to say it's a safe space. I'm not going to get all that. Goop. I'm not going to take Jeremy's words, but like, I genuinely think like we have, we have good discussion that is all that maintains us, uh, you know, you know, at least a, level of civility that you may not find in, in other spots uh, on the internet. So, you know, and I think, uh, I, you know, that, that the family atmosphere we feel amongst ourselves kind of, uh, for me, it kind of extends to the, the listeners and the group, the, the people that participate on our Facebook page too. So just thank, thanks to all the listeners for keeping us motivated and, and even maybe on our thanks to all the people that have been on the show over the years. I mean, uh, you know, Joe McLaren, there's a guy we we had him on like in 2015 or 2016 and he was doing like a budget dwarf army with like these really cheap models like that's the kind of stuff that makes the community like move forward like that's the that's the i don't know that's the engine right just people doing cool creative stuff in ways you didn't expect and uh always in a positive manner you know so just that's it i rambled on enough mark how about you Oh, well, just a big shout out to everybody uh, that's you know, listening to the show. Uh, as Rob mentioned, uh, you're the reason we do this. So that's the reason that we spend the time to edit and put together a quality show. And uh, I think Jake referred to us as the ESPN of uh, Kings of War. So I take that as the extreme compliment. So uh, it's been an absolute privilege to be part of this and uh, you know get it started. And I can't wait to see it grow. And uh, Rob, you're the only sole surviving original member, so uh, take care of the show, and uh, that's very, very good. And you know, it's uh, like uh, Jeremy said, a little bittersweet. So, and I have to do this one more time. I have to give a shout out to EasyArmy.com. Can you spot Blaster on the page? But, but Mark, but Mark, it's not EasyArmy.com, isn't it? Mantic.EasyArmy.com now. 
Yeah, it is. But, you know, hey, okay. there you go. All right. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a shout out to Easy Army. How about that? So can you spot Blaster on the page? But Perfect. and if you have not, folks, if you have not gone and uh, up on Mantic and gotten involved with Easy Army, that's the way to do your army list. And it's worth whatever money they have you do. The free stuff is, eh, you know, pay the little bit of money and uh, get the premium stuff. It's very, very cool program. And, you know, I got to thank Greg uh, for throwing Blaster up there a long time ago. And Easy Army has just been fantastic. I, It's one of my regrets, I guess you could say. I never was able to lure Greg onto the show. So I offered many, many times, but he never took me up on it. So, <laughs> but uh, Jeremy, any shout outs tonight? Uh, well, me, it comes, it, it comes back to, you know, and I said it just on the Facebook page, you know, cue, cue the Vin Diesel family meme, but that's what this is like about. Like I look, I look back at these few years that I've known you guys and these few years that I've had Kings of war in my life. And I look at like where we've come and, you know, where I've come, you know, I started listening to you guys. I was finishing grad school. I'd, I'd c- come out of just just horrible, abusive r- relationship. I was depressed. I had, you know, a uh, working a temp job. And I, I, I look at where I am now, which is, you know, I'm getting married next month. Um, I have a great job. I have a, a great friends. I have just this connection to this community with people who some we've lost along the way, you know, and others we've gamed gained and um and gamed right <laughs> we do game with each other but it, it, it's really um you know i get emotional and i talk a lot about and, and Paige can continue to meme of <laughs> and uh, make fun of me but i talk a lot about like just being kind let's just be kind to each other and uh i know some maybe some that sometimes that sounds cheesy i mean i don't know i I'm I'm not meaning for it to come that way. I mean, I honestly, genuinely believe the world would be better place if we just love each other a little bit more and realize that we were all that nerdy kid on the schoolyard looking at some fantasy book or some fantasy drawing while the other kids sort of like made fun of us or whatever. We all come from that same cloth. And it really hurts sometimes when we see each other attack each other or or whatever when we don't maybe realize that we're all coming from the same space. Um, so that's my shout out this week is a reminder, just be kind with each other and, and love each other. And thanks Mark for everything you've done. Thanks Rob for every, you do, everything you've done. Thanks Alex and Matt. And let's just try to make the world a, a better place when we leave than it was when we arrived. Alex. That's a that's a tough one to follow. I don't know how you follow that, Alex. I don't know how you follow that. Um, I was gonna do the. I'll just the edit. Show I'll just edit the... Jeremy out. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Screw that guy. Let's get let's get rid of him. Get him out of the He's too good for us now. He can have his own podcast. Um, there you go. See, you got to you got to start off by saying namaste. That's what you and, need to do, Alex. So, you know. Gosh darn it! That's people right. will like it. The new podcast. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to everybody that I've met because because of this show, and uh, everyone who I haven't met yet, but that I that I will meet because of it because it's kind of amazing. Like After Dark, and just you know 
being able to be on episodes with people and meeting people at tournaments. And I feel like this show, you know, has been a huge part of this community and it's been a huge part of my growth in the community. And I think just a shout out to everyone, all the cool people out there that I've met because of the counter charge, including everyone on this panel of hosts. You guys are great and I appreciate it. How about you, Matt? Um, so my first shout out is probably to uh, Jake Cherapika and the Unplugged guys who actually learning my name now. You know, when I played Jeremy on UB and Jake was <laughs> Jake was commenting and it was Jeremy Duval and some other guy. <laughs> <laughs> Just joking, but I do love them. I love their show. Um, no, I, again, I think it, it is all about community for me. Um, I noticed... I certainly think Mark's vision of making it more worldwide has worked. You know, we've had a lot of Aussies, you know, flock to the flock to the countercharge group um, in the time I've been involved. So I think getting that breadth of of um, interest across the community is is what it's all about, right? And bringing us all together. So thank you to everyone that kind of joins and listens and you know interacts with us, and you know it just it just makes being part of the community and the hobby much more enjoyable. So that that pretty much brings us at, to the end of the show, guys. Uh, so, Mark, would you like to take us out one final time as host? And until next time, keep countercharging. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Countercharge. Please let us know what you thought of the show by emailing us at counterchargepodcast at gmail.com, on Twitter at countercharge15, or by commenting on the Countercharge Kings of War podcast Facebook group. If you enjoy the show, you can help others find out about it by leaving positive reviews on iTunes. Until next time, keep countercharging. Music is a composition of Kevin McLeod and is licensed under Creative Commons. Yep. Well, all right. Make sure we mute whoever's 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 great. Fucking uh, uh, it. <laughs> uh, actually, somebody said that about me in the thing, so now I'm very self-conscious about. <sighs> all right. <clears throat> And then do 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 do, and then Jeremy. Yeah, and I. Th- <sighs> and th- I just want to say thank Blah. you, everyone. Anna- <laughs> Take three. <laughs> Are you done? Uh, I think now we just need Hillary to make noise in the background, and Jeremy to no, get cranky. No, she's not here. I, I had to get one in. I, it's been in so long. You, I, I, had, I had to screw him up. I got to get one out real quick before she gets home. So, okay. Um, Wait, in the wrong context, that could mean a lot of different things. I was going to say, are you still talking about the podcast? <laughs> that sounds like after dark material. <laughs> yeah. Not a euphemism. Yeah. yeah. Outtakes are going to be good on this show. <laughs> the teeth of the lips, the roof of the mouth. Okay. <clears throat> oh, I love
loved the downward. That's a on wrap. That, that was that beautiful. Was, that was excellent. That's Single that was tier. the best one ever. Single. But it must have been the 500 there times you, you practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, as they say, fantastic. <laughs> Alex, I've been struggling to follow. Did the Kingdoms of Men episode ever get recorded? <laughs> Did it get recorded? No. Okay. So it's we not recorded. Been, it's okay. been pushed like multiple times. We have a planning meeting next week or the week after. So I you're gonna have a meeting about the meeting that's the <laughs> meeting that's gonna set the time to record. Oh, this is this has gotta be an outtake, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Or as he as, as he would say, an outtake. <laughs> I'm, I'm still gonna be the college girl. I'm like in tears. I gotta go eat eat ice cream and watch Friends. That's what I'm going to do All next. Right. Well, if you're getting your own spin-off show, then you can you can you can be the Joey spin-off show. But it'll fa- it, <laughs> oh yeah, the one that did, didn't work. Get after- <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you need it in your life. I mm-hmm. do. Otherwise, I just would be floppy pudding all the way. <laughs> floppy pudding. <laughs> floppy pudding. But that's that's a that's an adjective. Okay. Floppy, <laughs> floppy pudding. pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Is that is that you, is that you, a sugar Get one out before Hillary gets home with your I floppy do. pudding. Yeah, that is great. But I'll tell you what's not great, how much I had to edit Robert, Ronnie in that bit. Jesus, he was horrible. <laughs> Jeez, <Eli. laughs> Thanks for the vouchers, Ronnie, but not for the time you cost me. <laughs> I'll, I'll stick really it in that bad. open space. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Stick yeah. it in that open Just space. Stick it you in. got it. All right. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll aim there and get my floppy pudding right in that spot. And I, 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 Dude, I, I, Jeremy's getting a shirt that says floppy pudding. I, I, I don't no, care. I, I, 